MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Tonight, the Pepsi 400. Sponsored by Wix Filters, the number one filter in NASCAR. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher. It's in NASCAR. Is it in you? By Team Monte Carlo. The cars more champions depend on. Chevy will be there. By Goody's Headache Powder. The official pain reliever of NASCAR. By the Brewmasters at Budweiser. Who remind you that fresh beer tastes better. Two-way communication by Racing Radios. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of Racing Radios. By NBNA, the issuer of the official NASCAR credit card. By Ford, the official truck of NASCAR is built Ford Tough. By Pfizer, where life is our life's work. And by Coca-Cola the official soft drink of NASCAR fans. Welcome back to the Daytona International Speedway as we're closing in on the start of the 43rd running of the Pepsi 400. I'm Joe Moore along with Barney Hall. You've already heard from Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Tony Rizzuti covering the action for us down along the pit lane. The first pace lap is underway and the flash bulbs are going off throughout the grandstands here at the World Center of Racing as fans are seeing the cars in action here for the first time just before they get the green flag and get this race underway. Let's take you around the Daytona International Speedway and let you hear from the voices who will be covering the action for us here tonight on MRN radio up in turn number two to cover the action of the high banks of turns one and two kurt becker he's from altamont illinois joe later on this year when we go to a track like darlington we'll talk about the fact that the cars will stay at the top of the banking a lot of times at other racetracks it's always the inside lane and that lane only that the drivers will use the nice thing about daytona you can use all of the banking all 31 degrees of it now You've already heard a couple of drivers talk tonight about how they're going to look for the inside lane, but don't let that fool you because once the race gets underway and everyone starts battling for a position, we'll talk a lot about drafting partnerships. And those partnerships begin to form up in turns one and two. Drivers will experiment. They'll widen that racing groove out as the night goes on. Already the sun has set just beyond turn number one. We're ready to cover all of the action here at the west end of the speedway from a scaffold just inside of turn two. As they sweep down that long back straightaway and go down to turn three, some breathtaking moves are made getting set up to get into the corner over there and to cover the action for MRN tonight. In that corner is Dave Moody of Montpelier, Vermont. All right, thank you, Barney, and you're exactly right. With 3,400 feet of wide-open asphalt to work with, the super stretch here at Daytona, one of the wildest venues in all of Winston Cup racing. Three-wide formation, well, that's downright ordinary here, four wide, not at all uncommon, and we may even see a five-wide move or two before it's over. When things go well, it's awfully exciting in this part of the track, and as Tony Stewart learned back in February, it's pretty wild when things go wrong, too. Either way, we'll cover it all from high atop turn number three. If you think it's exciting going into turn number three, wait till you get on the high banking there and get the last shot before you come into the trioval and run down to the start-finish line. To see all that action for us this evening on MRN Radio, Kevin O'Neill from Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, thank you very much, Joe. I, I tell you, I think I've got the best seat in NASCAR here outside of turn number four. They'll work their way down the 1,900-foot back or the long backstretch and set themselves up in turn three and turn four. You could be in the lead in three, lose it in four, and get it back again coming out of four. It's an exciting end of the raceway. The west end of the speedway is, is where I'm at. High atop turn number four with all the action tonight. 
field works their way down the back straightaway. Now, the Noble Five drivers who are eligible to win that bonus of a million dollars should they win here tonight in the Pepsi 400. The pace car leading them at the front of the pack as they will take their place in the lineup here in just a moment. Seven drivers who are former winners here at Daytona, either of the Pepsi 400 or the Daytona 500, are in the field tonight. Jeff Gordon, Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, Sterling Marlin, John Andretti, Jimmy Spencer, and Jeff Burton, those drivers who have been to Victory Lane here before. Think we might see a first-timer? Possibly so. Talking to all the drivers down in the garage, and they just keep reiterating the fact that when you come to a super speedway race like this, it all comes down to if you're in position at the end of the race. You save your car, you hang on, you stay up front, and hope the draft works out in your favor. Dale Jarrett was saying today, up front is no place to be. You don't want to be leading here the final couple of laps of the race. That's the worst place in the world to be because you know somebody's going to break out of line. A draft is going to come forward. He might come from as far back as 25th or so, come to the front and pick up the lead and win the race. So anything can happen in super speedway racing. They come down to the line this time, and the one-to-go signal being displayed before we get the Pepsi 400 underway. I really don't think, uh, having seen these races at Daytona and Talladega over the years, particularly in the restrictor plate racing, I don't think there's any particular place that you really need to be. If a driver has a good finish from where he happened to be here in February, he feels like, well, maybe I ought to get up there again. But as every driver will tell you, when you come to these two racetracks, Daytona and Talladega, well, like Earnhardt, the, the late Dale Earnhardt, he, he won from, what, about 17th or 18th position? Yeah. on the final lap at Talladega. So you never know. Yeah, and imagine the sleepless nights for these drivers, the guys who made the move in the final couple of laps thinking that was the move to make, and it turns out it wasn't the right move to make. So you can second-guess all you want to. It comes down to a high-speed chess match in the closing laps. We'll see that again tonight in the running of the 43rd Pepsi 400. Tonight's broadcast of the Pepsi 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Daytona International Speedway to MRN Radio. Solely for the, non, uh, the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the express written consent of MRN Radio is prohibited. We told you there are five drivers in the Noble Five here tonight. Jeff Burton, Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, Mark Martin, and Bobby Labonte are the drivers who are eligible for that million-dollar bonus should either one of those five win here tonight. We'll keep you posted throughout the evening in the Pepsi 400 as to where each one of those drivers is running. Getting ready to go here very shortly. Right now, the lights and cameras are popping all around the racetrack. That's always an impressive sight when you look as the cars go by the grandstands under, when we run under the lights at uh, Bristol, Tennessee, or up at Richmond, or here, or any of the other places. When all the fans are taking pictures of those cars as they get ready to go, they're going to cut them loose when they come back this time. The electricity is in the air. Questions? We'll be watching early on. Will the Dodgers hook up and try to form a draft and run away from everybody else? Will somebody back in the pack make a move early on, like maybe a Jeff Gordon or a John Andretti or Joe? Nemechek maybe drop to the inside of the track, form their own draft, and go charging by the Dodges. But what about the guys further back, the strong guys like Jeff Burton and Tony Stewart back near the rear of the field? Will they just kind of hold their spots, wait for things to shake out, then make their move later in the race? We'll be following all those stories here in the early stages of this event as the field now works behind the safety car up into turn number four. Two by two, here they come. Sterling Marlin, Ward Burton on the front row, Stacy Compton and Casey Atwood, all Dodges, the front four starting position. Then Jeff Gordon, Andy Houston, John Andretti, Joe Nemechek, Mark Martin, and Kevin Harvick. The starting ten now as they work for the final time at pace speed off turn four, heading into the trial coming down to the line for the start of the Pepsi 400. Pace car about to dive onto pit road. 43 cars, the best drivers in the world, ready to do their thing here under the lights at Daytona. About 1,000 feet away from the start-finish line, green flag is in the air, and the Pepsi 400 is underway. 
as they head for turn number one. Now, in the restrictor plates, nobody's going to be able to get away. They're going to stick tightly together as they go down to the corner. Don't see anybody pulling out the pass, making them three wide. It is two by two as they hit turn one. Here they come, climbing the banking for the first time. Sterling Marlin tries to edge out to the inside in front of Ward Burton. Now Burton gets his engine cranked up to full song. Off turn two, Burton to the outside, Marlin to the inside. The race is on for the lead. Great racing down the back straight away. It is Sterling Marlin on the inside, Ward Burton on the outside. So far, everybody content to stay two by two. The advantage by a car length goes to Ward Burton as they hit the banking in three. Ward Burton will take the lead into turn number three. He's out in front by about a car length. Sterling Marlin now with some some, some pulling up alongside him is Stacy Compton. But Ward Burton is your leader off four. Burton shows the way coming back into the trioval. He'll lead the first lap of the Pepsi 400, but the shuffle is still on behind. Here's Sterling Marlin working the inside lane, trying to clear the car of Casey Atwood. They'll go side by side. While they're doing that, it's allowing Ward Burton to drive away. Now here comes another car into the mix. Andy Houston almost stacked him three wide. Drove up to the top of the banking. There's Atwood, just one spot in front of him to shut off the lane. Now Sterling Marlin tries to rally back to the inside off turn two. Marlin digging hard in the bottom lane, but the youngsters are Ganging up on him on the outside lane. Diving down to the low line, Marlin. He's got some drafting help from Stacy Compton. And right up the middle, here comes Ricky Craven as he makes a move for fourth. Ricky Craven making a move for the fourth position, but your leader is Ward Burton. But here comes Sterling Marlin. He'll get a car link just in front of Casey Edwood, but Ward Burton is your leader off turn four. Sterling Marlin content to keep that inside lane right now. Ward Burton has opened up an advantage of maybe seven or eight car links over Casey Atwood and Sterling Marlin. They're single file as they work their way back to turn number one. Now we see that three wide shuffling heading down to turn one. It's three wide for the sixth position. First, there's Kevin Harvick in the far outside lane. Stacy Compton down low. Ricky Craven gets shuffled out in the middle. He's going to lose four positions, falling all the way back outside the top ten, heading on to the super stress. Craven's got no drafting help, and he will go backwards had it all the way up to fourth place momentarily, but he drops back now out of the top ten. Here into the front of the pack. On the move, it's Joe Nemechek. He swings low on Casey Atwood. New leader, Sterling Marlin to the outside in three. Sterling Marlin moves to the point on the high side of turn number three, but he'll get Ward Burton coming back through turn four. They're door-to-door off turn four. Now here they come down to the start-finish line with Andy Houston on the move. He's taken the second position just by inches over Ward Burton. Houston with drafting help from Joe Nemechek and Casey Atwood. They've got the outside lane locked up. Ward Burton's all by himself down low. Racing back into the corner. Sterling Marlin has the second position now. A run of the lead with Andy Houston from second trying to get a run up alongside of him. Then Nemechek followed by Ward Burton who slides back into fourth. The battle for the lead continues. Andy Houston on the outside wants the lead as they hit the super stretch and he's got the drafting's help. He swings around the outside of Marlin. He will take the lead right behind him. It's Joe Nemechek now going after Marlin. And Joe Nemechek wants that position but they're now three wide for third. But here comes your leader. It's Andy Houston. He's got Casey Atwood, Sterling Marlin, and Ward Burton on his tail. Andy Houston doing a good job. He doesn't have that much big track restrictor plate experience either here or at Talladega, but now he suddenly slides back. He's gone back to third, and moving around, Joe Nemechek comes up to take over third place. Front two break away a little bit from about sixth place on back there, three deep in turn one. Here they come once again. Kevin Harvick works to the top side of
side of the banking. He'll reclaim the fifth position. All of a sudden, Andy Houston, who was battling for the lead, now he's in sixth. Here comes Mike Skinner. He's on the charge behind Houston. Skinner making some good moves early. Takes the low Chevrolet down to the bottom of the racetrack, looking for positions. Move now for the number three spot. It's Stacy Compton. He'll take the dodge to the bottom of the racetrack and challenge Joe Nemechek. And Stacy Compton will get that position from Nemechek, but he'll come right back. But now the battle is for the fifth position. On the low side of the racetrack is Kevin Harvick. Joe Nemechek to the high side. Trying to get a draft hooked up down on the inside lane. Further back, Michael Waltrip is up to ninth. He started 22nd, so he's on a charge. The Daytona 500 winner coming to the front of the pack. But across the line, it's Sterling Marlin showing the way. Ward Burton second, Stacy Compton third, Kevin Harvick fourth, and Joe Nemechek fifth. Here's Nemechek to the top of the banking. Harvick down low, Skinner in the middle. Now Mike Skinner thinks about a three-wide move. He ran out of racetrack. He follows Harvick back off the corner. Childress cars will tag team down the back stretch, and they will move up the spots. Harvick will take over fourth. Skinner goes to the number five position, and right on his back bumper, here comes Michael Waltrip as he dives to the inside. And Michael Waltrip will help Mike Skinner work his way up on the back deck lid of Kevin Harvick. They're battling for the fifth position, but Waltrip, he's got Mike Skinner to the outside in turn four. Several cars beginning to scramble and work their way to the front of the field. Three of those we talked about, Mike Skinner, Kevin Harvick, and Michael Waltrip continue to advance. But Sterling Marlin leads the pack going back into turn number one. He's got three cars breathing down his neck as he hits turn one. He's got Ward Burton, Stacey Compton, Kevin Harvick all in a line. Then they're side by side for the fifth position. That's where Michael Waltrip is once again on the charge, dealing with Mike Skinner, who's there, hung to the outside lane on the super stretch. Waltrip Chevrolet able to hug that bottom stripe right down on the bottom of the 31-degree banking, and he maintains it stride for stride alongside Mike Skinner. Now Waltrip, with drafting help from Ricky Rudd, will take over the number five position. Michael Waltrip gets the fifth position, but here comes Ricky Rudd. He wants the sixth position. He's door-to-door with Mike Skinner. They battle and race off turn four for the sixth position. Ricky Rudd came from deep in the pack as well. He started 21st. Now he's trying to get the sixth spot. Further back three wide through the trioval as John Andretti looks underneath. Jason Leffler sees he can't make the move. He'll go back in single file. Up front, the front three cars break away in turn one. Ward Burton thought about a move to the inside of Sterling Marlin, but for now he gets back in line. Burton rides second behind the race leader. They're single file now back to the first seven cars. The Dodge boys were running one, two, three at the front of the pack and then the side-by-side battle further back for the number eight position. It's Ricky Rudd on the bottom of the racetrack as he goes after Todd Bodine. Then it's three wide. Jeff Gordon, Joni Majek, and Ricky Craven. Jeff Gordon to the high side. Ricky Craven to the high side. Gordon to the low side. They'll take that position, but Nemechek, they stay three wide out of turn four. That will be the scramble for eighth place as they work their way back down into the trioval and head to the start-finish line. Sterling Marlin simply will not give up that lead. Ricky Rudd locked in a tight battle for eighth place right now with Todd Bodine. Several cars who started at the tail end of the field that we talked about, very strong race cars, not advancing at all. Bobby Labonte and Tony Stewart and Johnny Benson and Jerry Nadeau continue to hang back at the tail end of the field. They're in turn two. Sterling Marlin, the race leader. Behind him, the first side-by-side battle is for six. There's Andy Houston to the inside. Houston on the comeback trail after getting shuffled back to about the 15th position. Takes it to the bottom of the racetrack. He's got drafting help from Ricky Rudd. He moves to the inside of Todd Bodine. Now takes a look low on Skinner. Andy Houston wants to get that position. He's got Ricky Rudd 
right on his bumper, working their way out of turn four, but the leaders are single file. It's Sterling Marlin, Ward Bergman, Kevin Harvick. Sterling Marlin comes back down to the line, leading a single file formation among the front, about seven or eight cars. Then you've got Ricky Rudd working on the inside of Todd Bodine. Jeff Burton is there. He started back in 30th. He's up at the front of the field. The shuffle on again as they climb the banking of turn one. They're side by side for ninth position. That's where Ricky Rudd is working down to the inside of Jeff Burton. That's three wide for the lead. Harvick almost goes into the wall. Amazing move. He went three wide outside of Marlin and Ward Burton to go to the point. Kevin Harvick with a brave move to the outside. Ward Burton nearly got into the side of him, but Harvick kept the hammer down and he has got the lead. The good wrench Chevrolet to the point. Marlin second, now side by side for third. That side by side battle for third position, but the leader is Kevin Harvick. Sterling Marlin is second. Michael Waltrip is now running in third position and he's got Andy Houston on his rear bumper. They're about to put 10 laps on the scoreboard as they work their way back down to the line with a new leader at the front of the field. Kevin Harvick, Sterling Marlin, Michael Waltrip work their way to the top three as they go to turn one. Here they come back into the corner once again. Harvick works toward the top side of the banking. Now Michael Waltrip says it's time to go. Here's Waltrip down to the inside. A half car length in front of Harvick. Stacy Compton behind them trying to decide which way he wants to go. The lead battle is side by side. Waltrip sending a message early that the Daytona 500 was no fluke. Takes it to the bottom of the racetrack and goes for the lead. They are three wide now for the front spot. Sterling Marlin with a rear deck full of Andy Houston surges around the outside. Sterling Marlin will take the lead but the guy getting shuffled back is Kevin Harvick. He's hung there in the center of the racetrack and the four leaders will go by. Sterling Marlin, Andy Houston, Michael Walker, and Todd Bodine. Just 11 laps into the Pepsi 400. Already three lead changes among three drivers. Now another. Sterling Marlin comes to the front. Now it is Andy Houston in second. Michael Waltrip third. Todd Bodine fourth. And fifth is Mike Skinner. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Just 14 laps into the 160 that make up the total distance here at the Pepsi 400. There's been some movers and shakers early in the race. We talked about the fact of a couple of guys coming and going. Mike Waltrip started back in the pack, has moved up near the front of the field, nearly that a couple of laps. Dale Jarrett started 19th. He's now 32nd. And Mike Wallace having a good show in Barney. He started back in the uh, 37th position. He's worked his way up into the top 10. Yeah, Mike had a good run here in uh, in February for the Daytona 500. Tell you... Uh, Jeff Burton told us when, a little bit earlier when we were talking to him trackside that we'd see guys go back and forth. Kevin Harvick grabbed the lead a moment ago, and now he slid all the way back to eighth position, maybe a little further back than that, as Ward Burton gets underneath him here at the start-finish line. Six cars run nose-to-tail, single file. From there back, they're running door-to-door, heading off into turn one. Ward Burton, Kevin Harvick, Ricky Rudd, and Mike Wallace, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. beginning to move up a bit over in turn two. All of this going on from seventh position on back. The battle for ninth, in fact, is three wide. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is there to the far outside. Ricky Rudd down on the bottom of the racetrack trying to make himself some room. All three of them running just about the same speed, so it's Rudd on the inside, Harvick in the middle, Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the outside to three. And on his rear bumper is Jeff Gordon. Gordon trying to make a move to gather that position with that three-wide battle right in front of him. It's Ricky Rudd, Kevin Harvick, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. 
falling back in line, single file as they come into the trioval, at least among the front six or seven cars. Three wide further back. Ricky Rudd goes to the inside lane. Kevin Harvick is the meat in the sandwich. On the outside, another car. They continue three wide, headed at turn one. This from ninth position on back. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to the far outside. Rudd is down low. Kevin Harvick fights back in between them. Unbelievable maneuver there. He had no help. He worked the middle lane. That's not the place to be, but Harvick is fighting with Rudd. Closer to the front, side by side, Lyle. The battle for the number five position. That two wide battle becomes three deep. Ward Burton dives to the inside. He'll blow by Mike Skinner and Ricky Craven. And Ricky Craven trying to battle for the position with Mike Skinner, but Skinner's going to get the edge, and he'll bring right alongside him the number seven car of Mike Wallace. Wallace, an entire sack for Mike Skinner off turn four. Mike Wallace getting closer and closer to the front. He was eighth a moment ago when he passed the line. Here he comes back down this time as Sterling Marlin continues to set a blistering pace. Nobody's been able to get out in front of him and stay out there. A couple of guys have taken the lead a time or two, but every time he's been able to go right back to the front. They go to turn two. Marlin continues to show the way. They stay single file this time. Back to the first six cars. Then it's side by side for seventh. Mike Wallace moves up down to the inside of Ricky Craven. It's Wallace down low. Craven up high as they sweep off the banking to the super stretch. And Mike Wallace will take that position away. So he'll move up to the eighth spot. Craven back to ninth. Tenth is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Then Kevin Harvick and Jeff Burton. Kevin Harvick and Jeff Burton battling for the tenth position. But the leaders work their way through turn number four. Their nose to tail, Sterling Marlin, Michael Walter, and Andy Houston. And Ward Burton makes a bid for fifth. Notice we're not talking about people like Tony Stewart, Johnny Benson, Bobby Labonte, Jerry Nadeau, guys you would figure who would be up near the front of the pack. They qualified poorly, and they've stayed back there, choosing to stay back in case maybe there's a crash ahead, kind of keeping it clean for the time being. Right now, Stewart is 43rd, Johnny Benson is 42nd, Bobby Labonte runs 41st. Let's check in on Pit Road. Well, Joe Moore, I went down to Johnny Benson's team and asked him exactly that. Is there something wrong, or did you all decide to hang back? He said the last three Pontiacs, which would be Labonte, Stewart, and Johnny Benson decided we're just going to wait it out, ride laps together. If the three Pontiacs stay together, they feel like they can go to the front at any time. Field heads over to turn four. And the leaders working their way through turns three and four. Sterling Marlin with Michael Walter riding his tire tracks. Andy Houston and Ward Burton to the battle for fifth. It's Todd Bodine and Mike Skinner. Side, side by side uh, for the fifth position. Again, it is Mike Skinner down on the inside. He'll get drafting help from Mike Wallace. Outside lane, it's Todd Bodine. Dale Earnhardt Jr. falls in behind him. They continue double wide, headed to turn one. From fifth position on back, here's Mike Skinner down low, Todd Bodine flanking him, and then Mike Wallace, who's been strong toward the lower side of turns one and two. That's where he stays right now, checks to his right, and sees Dale Earnhardt Jr. Andy Houston feeling racy again as they hit the exit of turn number two. He'll dive down to the inside and make a challenge for the number three position. It's Houston on the inside, Ward Burton on the outside, then two by two behind them, Mike Skinner and Todd Bodine. And that battle for third, continuing door-to-door through turns three and four, but it's going to let the two leaders get away. Sterling and Michael Walter with a four-car length lead off turn four. I'll tell you, when you get to racing two and three wide back there, and you got a couple of cars out in clean air at the front of the field, they're going to open up some daylight, and Sterling Marlin and Michael Walter get a little breathing room now, maybe seven or eight car lengths. Why don't we take you back through the top 20 real quick. Sterling Marlin leads, Michael Walter second, Ward Burton's third, Andy Houston is fourth, Todd Bodine is fifth, Mike Skinner is now sixth, Earnhardt Jr. is seventh, Kevin Harvick is eighth, Jeff Burton is ninth, Mike Wallace is tenth, Mark Martin runs eleventh, Kurt Busch would be twelfth, Ricky Rudd thirteenth, Terry Le- Bonnie 14th, Jason Leffler 15th, Matt Kenseth 16th, Steve Park 17th, John Andretti 18th, Jeff Purvis 19th, and Jeff Gordon would be the 20th position as they work their way over to turn three. And the battle for the lead is Sterling Marlin with Michael Waldrop, but the battle for the third position now. 
now. Andy Houston. He's got Ward Burton to the outside, but he's got Mike Skinner to the inside. Ward working the outside lane, going into turn number one. Last time it looked as though maybe he was trying to get these guys to fall in behind him and say, come on, we can chase these fellows down. We can work the outside lane, maybe challenge for the lead. Ward's still trying to get those guys to work with him. He's got Todd Bodine just behind him, but Kurt Becker doesn't look like it's working for him. Well, the last time by, Joe, it looked like Ward Burton almost got too flirtatious with the outside wall. In fact, he does it again in turn two. Rides clear up within inches of the outside retaining wall, battling with Mike Wallace. Using every bit of asphalt available to him to try and hang onto that outside lane and keep the momentum up, and for the moment at least, it will work. They are side by side for third. Mike Skinner on the inside of Andy Houston, then Mike Wallace and Ward Burton. And Mike Skinner trying to take that third position away. He's got a battle from Andy Houston. They are door-to-door. Mike Wallace will now take over the fifth position, and he'll bring Ricky Rudd along. Mike Skinner's got enough driving experience now at Daytona and Talladega. They've been two of his better tracks over the years. He told me yesterday, I think I can win this thing if I can get somebody to draft with me and stay with me. He's getting a little help out there right now. The front two break away one more time. They go back to one. Here's Sterling Marlin with the lead. Michael Waltrip rides second. Mike Skinner to third. Now Mike Wallace comes out of that heavy pack of traffic from seventh up to fourth. Then it's side-by-side for fifth. Ricky Rudd and Andy Houston. Rudd, who's played the Daytona yo-yo a couple of times already tonight, has been back out of the 20s, all the way up into the low teens, and now he's into the top 10 once again. Challenges down on the inside. He'll take fifth away from Andy Houston. And Ricky Rudd, he's got a rearview mirror full of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Earnhardt will try to make a move. He'll fall back in line right behind Ricky Rudd as they exit turn four. This time the front six cars stay single file, coming back down to the line, except up front, maybe a challenge for the lead. Little peek down to the inside by Mike Waltrip. He instead falls back in line. They stay single file. Yet another new leader in the Pepsi 400. Kevin Harvick made a swing to the outside with some drafting help. Now he goes to the front of the pack, but he's under fire in turn one. They're side by side behind him. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to second, just to the outside of Michael Waltrip. Then Ricky Rudd, Mike Skinner also closing in off turn two. Earnhardt Jr. helped Harvick make his way to the lead with a nice bit of textbook bump drafting on the back straightaway. But now he's his chief pursuer. He's on the outside of Michael Waltrip. He'll take over second and he'll pull Mike Skinner along in the outside lane. And here goes Dale Earnhardt Jr. for the lead. He'll pull to the high side of the racetrack. He's got Kevin Harvick down low. They're two by two. Earnhardt Jr. for the lead. Dale Jr. got a very strong race car and he wasn't bashful about telling everybody, I've got a car that can win this thing. He grabs the lead coming off turn number four. Kevin Harvick falls back to second. The scramble now is going to be for third place as they go back to turn number one between Michael Waltrip and Mike Skinner. Michael Waltrip's going to work the inside lane. He's got Skinner swung off to the right side. Mike Wallace closing in behind them. Here they come back over to turn number two. For now, Skinner has the third position, but they're side-by-side behind him for fourth. The only thing louder than the thunder of 43 Winston Cup racers, the thunder of the back straightaway grandstand at Daytona as Dale Jr. takes the lead. He's got Harvick right on his back bumper in second, Skinner in third, then side-by-side Michael Waltrip and Michael Wallace. And Michael Wallace going to try to get that position away from Michael Waltrip. They're going to be door-to-door, but the leaders off turn four, Dale Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Mike Skinner. Front three cars, single file from fourth on back. It is stacked up side by side. First two doing battle are the cars of Michael Waltrip and Mike Wallace. Wallace swings by. He'll take the fourth spot. Now Jeff Burton goes to work on the outside lane. 
Here's Burton now up to take the fifth position, but only by a fender. He still has Michael Waltrip working down to the inside. Behind them, Andy Houston is side-by-side with Ricky Rudd. Again, this going on from fifth position on back with Michael Waltrip holding down the spot. Waltrip down low, but he hasn't got a lot of drafting help. Ricky Rudd is still a couple of car lengths off his back bumper as the leaders swerve low, then hide on the back straightaway. Earnhardt Jr., Harvick, Skinner, and Wallace. And that's your front four, but there's a battle now for the fifth position. As they work their way through turns three and four, the battle for fifth is Michael Waltrip and Jeff Burton up four. Michael Waltrip and Jeff Burton come off the corner side by side, battling for fifth place as they work their way back down to the start-finish line. And now Michael's going to get shuffled back a little bit. And Jeff Burton will take over fifth place as they head back into turn number one. A couple of cars that were a factor at the front of the field a little bit earlier falling back now. Joe Nemechek is all the way back to 28th. He had moved up in the top 10 a moment ago. And Ward Burton, who had pulled to the front of the field, now finds himself all the way back in 32nd spot. They rumble off turn two. And for the moment, the top six cars will run in single file. But if you know anything about Daytona, you know that's not going to last for long. Everybody holding their spot down the back straightaway. Now jumping to the inside. Here's Matt Kenseth. He'll make a move to the low line on Andy Houston for six. And Matt Kenseth finally getting in the mix. He started in the back of the pack tonight. He's now worked his way up to the 10th position. He's battling off turn four with Jason Lippler. Coming down to the line now to complete 30 laps of the 160 that make up the total distance in the Pepsi 400. Let's take a look at the Napa leaderboard. It is Dale Earnhardt Jr. showing the way. He is the fifth different driver to lead tonight. Kevin Harvick is second. Mike Skinner third. Mike Wallace fourth. And Jeff Burton runs in fifth. Andy Houston having a good night so far. He's in sixth. Jason Leffler is seventh. Matt Kenseth eighth. Ninth is Ricky Rudd. And tenth is Michael Waltrip. Ken Schrader runs in eleventh. Twelfth is Kurt Busch. Thirteenth is Mark Martin. Fourteenth is Todd Bodine. Fifth 15th is John Andretti. Steve Park runs in 16th with Terry Labonte, 17th. 18th is Jeff Gordon. 19th, Jeff Purvis. And Dave Blaney is in the 20th position. Napa Auto Parts, where NASCAR fans get their parts. Well, let's bring you up to date on the Noble Five drivers who have a shot at winning an extra million dollars here. If either one of the five should win, Kevin Harvick is second. I believe Jeff Burton is showing up in fifth. 13th is Mark Martin. Back in 39th and 40th position are Tony Stewart and Bobby Labonte. And that's the way the Noble 5 drivers ride here with 31 laps complete. Earnhardt Jr., very strong. He takes the field back to turn two. He's got Kevin Harvick behind him in second. Mike Skinner rides third. And then comes Mike Wallace. Now all of the leaders going single file, this time off the corner. They'll stay that way on the super stretch. Single file for the moment as everybody seems content just to lead Nose to tail, down the back straightaway. As a matter of fact, all the way back through about 15th place, they are single file now. First battle is side-by-side. Jeff Gordon swinging down low to the inside of Jeff Purvis. And Jeff Gordon trying to make a move. He'd worked his way up into the top 10, but he's now battling back for the 15th position. The leaders are all four. Single file up front, kind of settling down a little bit here as we reach the 31 lap mark. Now 32 as they come down to the line. Here's Ricky Rudd stepping out of line, going after Jason Leffler. That is a battle now for the 8th position. Everybody else pretty much single file as they head to turn one. Climbing the banking one more time. Here's Ricky Rudd down to the inside. He may actually lose a position there because Matt Kenseth moves up along with Ken Schrader to the high side. All of that traffic continues to stack up against Rudd. He has no help. He's all alone down low. Ricky Rudd, the tail on the dog right now. Nobody helping him in that low groove and that's going to cost him some positions. Dale Earnhardt Jr. continues to lead the way. Harvick is second. Skinner in third. Then side by side, the battle for fifth is Andy Houston to the bottom. 
Andy Houston trying to take that position away, and they'll work their way through turns three and four, but nope, he's not going to get it because Jeff Burton comes right back on the outside. Three drivers we really need to give a call to in the early going here in the Pepsi 400. One of those would certainly be Mike Wallace, who has come all the way up to fourth place right now. Andy Houston doing a great job with very limited experience in a cup car. He finds himself up in sixth, and give a call to Jason Leffler, who has worked his way up into seventh from 25th position. He's having a good run. We are at lap 33 right now. Jim Phillips, what are we looking at for that first round of pit stops if it stays green? About 52 laps somewhere in that range? That's right, Barney, 52. 50, uh, they could go as high as uh, 57 laps, but uh, on the first stop, we expect them maybe around the 53 mark, but they could go as high as 57 if they need to. So we won't be too far away from pit stops as the field now gets single file all the way back through the top seven spots. They're up in turn four. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. continues to lead. Kevin Harvick in his tire track. Mike Skinner, they race off turn four. Michael Waltrip trying to make a move back in the seventh position. Works the inside lane, hoping for some drafting help. May get it from the car of Ricky Rudd, who rides just behind him. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads at lap 34. Kevin Harvick is second. Mike Skinner third. Mike Wallace fourth. And Jeff Burton is fifth. Tonight's broadcast of the Pepsi 400 is brought to you by Coca-Cola, the official soft drink of NASCAR fans. By the Wide Track Grand Prix, wider is better. By Craftsman, the official tool of NASCAR, CART, and the NHRA. And by Goody's Headache Powder, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Field continues to work around the Daytona International Speedway. We've been caution-free in the Pepsi 400 thus far. A breakaway of four cars at the front of the pack. Head over to turn number three. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, Mike Skinner, and Mike Wallace. Then about a second back to Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth trying to hold the fifth position. He works way up the racetrack, up close to the marbles in the outside retaining wall. He's got him his rear deck with Kurt Busch on the move. Once again, an example of how quickly you can lose ground here. Jeff Burton, when last time he passed the start-finish line, was in the fifth position. He has fallen all the way back now to the 12th position. Just got stuck out of line. They came charging by, but Kurt Becker, he's trying to squeeze back up in that fast lane again. Yeah, he's working up toward the outer lanes of the racetrack in turns one and two. That leaves plenty of room down low. In fact, here comes Ricky Rudd. He's got a line behind him. You've got Ken Schrader and also Michael Waltrip in that line of traffic. Rudd with plenty of drafting help trying to hustle himself to the low line and pick up some positions. And that is the first two-wide battle on the back straightaway. It's Rudd on the inside, Burton on the outside, but Jeff Burton's got the and the spot. Jeff Burton will take over that position over Ricky Rudd, but the leaders are getting away. Kevin Harvick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Mike Skinner, and Mike Wallace break away in turn four. So far, there's been no favorite line here or a line that showed to have an advantage whether you were down to the inside of the racetrack or riding out against the wall in the outside lane. Both have been able to move to the front of the field. With 39 laps complete, Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, Mike Skinner, Mike Wallace, and Matt Kenseth make up your top five. A couple of drivers who had been at the front of the field a little bit earlier have slid back in the wake right now. I believe uh, all the way back to 32nd position would be Ward Burton and also dropping back to 19th after looking very strong in the early going is Sterling Marlin and Winston Kelly has been in those pits. Winston? Well, Barney, both of those cars experiencing the same situation. They're extremely loose, meaning the rear of the car wants to kind of come around on them as they go into turn one and into turn three. So those guys have dropped back along with Stacy Compton 
and the dodges of Casey Atwood and Bill Elliott. The guys that are reporting that they're tight, they're being able to hold their own a little bit better. Guys like Mark Martin, who's just a tick tight. Same thing with Dave Blaney and Kevin LePage, Joe Nemechek, and Jason Leffler. So the guys that are loose, losing more ground than the guys that are reporting just a tick tight. Three guys either making no comment or very happy with their car include Ricky Rudd, Kevin Harvick, and Jeff Gordon. And you can tell they've moved toward the front. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips. Jim? Well, down on this end of the pit, uh, Barney, we got a lot of cars loose. we got Jeff Burton's is loose going in. Also, uh, another car is reporting uh, that they're on the loose side. Uh, Rusty Wallace hadn't said anything. He's pretty well happy with his car right now. Just been caught up in t- traffic. But uh, the more cars down on this end loose than tight. And that means, uh, like Winston said, the rear of the car wants to come around on them in the turns. And most of the drivers welcome that first round of pit stops to make a few adjustments on the car, check the tire wear, and get on a, a new set of rubber, Goodyear rubber, and then get back out there and get down to business. For the moment, it has settled down about as calm as we've seen it, Joe, since they dropped the green a little bit earlier, all the way through about 14th position now. They're running single file. There was some pretty wild activity out there the first uh, 10, 15 laps of this thing. And, Kurt Becker, you saw a move back when uh, Kevin Harvick took the top spot on lap 10. Now, this is his first ever Winston Cup race at Daytona, and uh, he got everybody on their feet there in front of you in turn two. Yeah, they were already double wide at that point, battling for the lead, and the top two cars were pretty close to the outside wall as it was. All of a sudden, here came the white nose of Harvick Chevrolet, Looked like there wasn't any room for him to make the move. Somehow he scraped by, took the lead, but had to come within fractions of an inch of collecting the outside wall. And he's back up near the front of the field once again. Matter of fact, Harvick is in the second position right behind Dale Earnhardt Jr. looking for a way to get by. But he realizes Mike Skinner, Mike Wallace, and now Matt Kenseth in the top five. They're lined up just behind him. Chances are if he goes one way, they're going to go the other. Here's Mike Skinner right behind Kevin Harvick in the third spot. And before Skinner can make a move, here's Mike Wallace. Wallace climbs to the top of the banking, rumbles up alongside of Skinner. Again, this the battle for the third. It goes side by side. And Mike Wallace has got the drafting help on the outside lane, and he will power by as they hit the super stretch. Mike Wallace takes over the number three spot. The battle now is for fourth as Mike Skinner alone down low trying to hold off Matt Kenseth. And Matt Kenseth runs a very high line through turns three and four. That may give him the advantage but the battle is for the third position. It is Mike Skinner and Mike Wallace off turn four. They go door to door as they come off the corner and move into the trial over here at Daytona. Two-car breakaway now at the front of the field. Skinner's going to lose some spots. He gets kind of hung out to dry down at the bottom of the speedway with nobody to draft with. And with 43 laps complete in the Pepsi 400, it's Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, Mike Wallace, Matt Kenseth, and Mike Skinner the top five. Just past the quarterway mark in the Pepsi 400 this evening, 46 of 160 laps are complete. Already we've had seven lead changes among five drivers. Most recently, Dale Earnhardt Jr. going to the front of the pack. He took over on lap 27. Again, we're now at lap 46. Matt Kenseth has moved up to the second position. Todd Bodine is third. Mark Martin is fourth. John Andretti is fifth. Kurt Busch, who started back in the 28th spot, he's now up to the sixth position. Jeff Gordon is seventh. Kevin Harvick is eighth. Ninth is Ken Schrader and tenth now Terry Labonte. And we should have some pit stops coming up here probably in the next uh, seven or eight laps at least. We're waiting, watching down on pit road, see a little activity in some of the pits down there. But for the moment, everybody's content to stay on the racetrack and just make some laps up right now as they work their way around the speedway. Earnhardt Jr. still hangs on to the lead. Give a call to Matt Kenseth, doing a good job up there in second place. But getting up there is one thing. Staying up there is another. Todd Bodine is now up to third. Kurt Busch is up to fourth. Then Mark Martin, Kevin Harvick, sixth. John Andretti, seventh. Kenny Schrader's eighth. Jeff Gordon's ninth. And Michael Waltrip make up the top ten. 
as they settle down for a lap or two there and ran single file. Now it's single file among the front five or six, but from about fifth place on back, they're getting with the program in turn three. Kevin Harvick down on the bottom of the racetrack trying to hold off the charge of Jeff Gordon. But Gordon's got the draft on Johnny Andretti, and that will allow him to pull up on the outside. And the leaders work their way high out of turn number four. The leader, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Matt is right on his bumper. A couple of guys trying to make something happen there from about fifth on back plugging down to the inside lane, hoping somebody will go with him. Mark Martin shows up. I don't think we've talked about him all night long. Suddenly, he's up alongside uh, side Kevin Harvick. They're trying to move to the front as they reach turn one. Here's Martin. He's going to try the outside lane of the racetrack. Harvick says, fine, I'll stay down low. And for now, that's going to work. Harvick moves up, reclaiming the fifth position, but he has help in the form of Ken Schrader. Schrader right on his tire tracks and now looking down to the inside, trying to pick up a position of his own on the back straightaway. Kevin Harvick on the inside with help from Schrader, but back on the outside, it's Kurt Busch with Mark Martin in hot pursuit. Give the call to Kurt Busch. He's worked his way to the front of the field, but he's got a world of competition on the low side of the speedway. Kevin Harvick on the move, battling for fourth. He'll bring Ken Schrader and Michael Walker along. And one time around that outside lane will be quick the sex next time they come back around it'll be the inside lane that is quick in the inside lane right now trying to move up a little bit that group is led by kevin harvick he is back there in fifth place bringing a few cars with him and they're gaining on the front three as they work to one harvick still has ken schrader lined up behind him then in the outer lane of the racetrack is where kurt bush has help from teammate mark martin now it's a stalemate it's double wide for three rows back fourth position on back Harvick on the inside, Bush on the outside as they race the back straightaway, and the advantage will go to Kurt Bush. Harvick has a chance to pull it up into the outside lane, but he's going to have to make a quick move. Can't do it as Mark Martin fills the hole. And Kurt Bush will take over the fourth position. Martin wants the fifth position, but Kevin Harvick is right there. They're door-to-door off turn four. And what happened in front of Mark Martin is exactly what he wanted to see as he went to the outside. Everybody else did just in front of him, so now he gets the benefit of the draft. Got a new leader across the line. Matt Kenseth takes over because the race leader hits pit road. Here's Dale Earnhardt Jr. coming in at lap 50. Also the cars coming in of Michael Waltrip. Steve Park is in. Rusty Wallace. Dave Blaney comes into a stop. Jeff Purvis is in. Casey Atwood. Let's go down first to Winston Kelly. Dave Blaney, the only car in the midsection of pit road, coming to a stop this time. Here comes Casey Atwood. Both of these cars have been very loose. Now, Blaney has been just a little bit tight, but very loose has been Casey Atwood. They're making chassis adjustments on both of these cars. Now up to the leader's pit and Jim Phillips. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. is uh, in the first pit down here. Weston getting left side tires on right now. Right behind him is Rusty Wallace. He's got getting four tires. Rusty is down and away. Here comes Michael Waltrip down. He's got four tires and fuel. Also in the pits down here is Jeff Purvis with four tires and fuel. Now to Tony Rizzuti. Ken Schrader was in. He took on four tires. Hasn't said much. When I asked the crew chief how what Kenny was saying about the car, he just motioned like he was out on a Sunday drive. So no changes for Ken Schrader. Now Johnny Benson in. They'll go along round to the right side, put on right side tires. They're going to make a track bar adjustment. Also in his Rick Mass, both cars expected to take four tires in 76 fuel. So far, none of the front of the field has elected to come onto pit road other than Dale Earnhardt Jr. The rest of the field will probably pit in the next couple of laps around as they work their way over into turns three and four. Matt Kenseth was shown as the leader when they crossed the line just a moment ago. Now here comes Jeremy Mayfield into the pits. This would be a schedule stop, and these stops are coming under green flag conditions. We have been caution-free thus far as now more cars peel off the banking up in turn number four and head down to pit road. Ricky Rudd leads about 15 to 20 cars into the pits for the moment. 
Hut Strickland also is going to pit here as he comes down pit road. But Ricky Rudd will have a long way to go to get down to his pit. Jeff Gordon is in. Terry Labonte is on pit road. Dave Marcus makes a stop. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. Gordon's crew going to work on the right side of the machine, filling in for injured gas man who had surgery. Jeff Craven is Randy Hildreth. They get that first can of gasoline in. They make a chassis adjustment. Kevin LePage in. It's going to be a four-tire stop on that machine. Same thing for Ricky Rudd. Four tires to stop for the Joe Nemechek machine. Gordon down and away in 17.34 seconds. An interesting note, Stacy Compton came in last time. He was out of fuel, stretched it a little bit far, and he was in the first wave of guys who have pitted. Ricky Craven had a close call, came down the pit lane a little bit too hot, missed his pits, had to back up. Matter of fact, a number of guys are coming off the banking, not realizing how fast they're going. We've heard drivers talk about racing at night. Sometimes you kind of get carried away. So we've seen them smoking those brakes as they come down the pit lane, trying to woe it down to get to pit road speed. So everyone making green flag pit stops now. Matt Kenseth stays out, continues to show the way at lap 53. Tonight's broadcast of the Pepsi 400 is brought to you by Ray Vestas, the best in brakes, D3 EA certified for safety. By Circuit City, we know how you feel, that's why we're here. Circuit City, we're with you. By Lumar Window Film, follow the racing pros and choose Lumar. By Team Monte Carlo, the cars four champions depend on. Chevy will be there. And by Napa Auto Parts. Napa, we keep America running. At the front of the field on lap 67, Earnhardt Jr. leads Mike Skinner, Ricky Rudd, and Steve Park. They've broken away from everybody else by about 8 to 10 car lengths, which is not much breathing room, but it's the biggest interval we've seen all night long. Then there's a pack of about three or four cars riding directly behind them in the form of Todd Bodine, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Gordon, and Kenny Schrader. The front four across the line, and for the moment they seem content to just stay nose to tail, run a very tight draft, and get a little breathing room if they can as they go down to turn one. That's the case right now. The tail end of that top four is Steve Park, and then behind his car, a gap of some five car lengths back to Todd Bodine. Further back, Jeff Gordon in the ninth position, riding way high in the banking off turn two. Gordon trying to use the momentum down the back straightaway to close in on a group of cars in front of him, and right now it's working as he brings it up on the back bumper of Michael Waltrip. Waltrip finds some room down to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll go after Todd Bodine. And that battle for the sixth position works their way through, turns three and four, but we now have a three-wide battle for tenth. Stuck in the middle of the racetrack. It's John Andretti alongside Kevin Harvick. Harvick trying to work the inside lane quickly. That three-wide battle becomes a two-wide battle because it gets pretty close when you come into this trioval. So they fall back in line in single file while the front four begin to pull away up in turn one. Now it's side-by-side side again from sixth position on back. Michael Waltrip is there. He's working to the inside of Todd Bodine. Behind them, Ken Schrader goes outside of Jeff Gordon. All the traffic begins lining up behind Gordon down low. And all of a sudden, it's two-by-two, two, about 12 rows deep on the back straightaway, and that allows that front four to continue to move away. It continues to be Earnhardt, Skinner, Ricky Rudd, and Steve Park at a long gap back to Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace running all by himself, but the battle behind him now for the sixth position. Works his way off turn number four, Todd Bodine and Kenny Strader. They come down to the line and could put 92 laps on the scoreboard of the 160 that will make up the Pepsi 400 here at Daytona tonight. 
take a check through the pits right now and get an update on a couple of drivers who are not doing all that well. Sterling Marlin grabbed the lead early here. In fact, he started on the pole, refused to give it up for a long time. Now he's not been able to get back up there. He got shuffled back in the pack a time or two, and he's fallen all the way back to 21st position. Winston Kelly, what's going on? Well, the car was a little bit loose uh, during that first run, and then he barely slid through the pits, and he had to back up. That cost him a little bit of time with Lee McCall, the crew chief on the machine. Lee, the car was a little bit loose the first run. What's Sterling saying about it now? Yeah, we still just a little bit loose, and uh, we're going to get um, this next pit stop, uh, make a, a chassis adjustment, try to tighten him up a little bit, and uh, get the like guys back up front. Uh, just looking at Tony Glover and Lee McCall, they don't seem all that concerned. Tony's been talking to him a little bit on the radio, and even though he is stuck back in traffic, you can hear the calmness in Lee McCall's voice. They're going to try to tighten him up and give him that run for the end. Well, every driver we talked to when we first came on the air tonight talked about this being a handling racetrack, and if they can make the right adjustments and get it dialed in, they certainly got a shot to win. A couple of the Pontiacs have been running back toward the tail end of the field since they dropped the green earlier in the evening. Bobby Labonte and Tony Stewart particularly are a couple of those. Jim Phillips is down in Bobby's pit. Uh, yes, we are with this crew chief, Jimmy Maycar. Play a, little, uh, play a little cat and mouse back there, but when, if you are, when do you start making your move up into the pack? <laughs> I wish it was as easy to say we're playing cat and mouse, but uh, the strategy has been to, to try to run around at the back right now, work on the car, make it better. Uh, we weren't real happy with the car yesterday evening in practice. Uh, we were a little bit loose. We did some things uh, to try to help it. Uh, made it better, but we're still a little bit too loose. So uh, we're not going to get up in the middle of the pack to try to, to race with these guys until we get the car comfortable enough for Bobby. And uh, uh, we got another pit stop coming up. We're going to try and tighten up a little bit more and uh, – you know, at uh, about uh, 10 or 20 to go, it's going to be time to go no matter what. So uh, until we get the car feeling better, we're not going to really try to do anything. Are we going to see this uh, two-stop race for most guys? Uh, I believe that's what you're going to see. If uh, we don't get any caution, it's going to be two stops. That's it. All right. So they're going to have to make a lot of se- decisions on this uh, next pit stop, guys. Yeah, we were about to bring that up, Jim, a moment ago, that uh, what few crew chiefs I had a chance to talk to here this afternoon said, I think we can make it on two stops if it plays out just right. So we'll keep that in mind. Here they come down to the start-finish line, working their way back into the corner. It is still Earnhardt Jr., Mike Skinner, Ricky Rudd, and Steve Park. Rusty Wallace got a strong race car, and he continues to get closer to the front every time around as he goes over to turn two. Yeah, Rusty trying to break away from the traffic behind him, and he would like some help in the form of Michael Waltrip. They try to hook up and go nose to tail. Now Kevin Harvick is going to jump in line behind them as well. No doubt Rusty is going to need some drafting help if he's going to reel in the leaders who are now beginning to lap cars toward the tail end of the field. They'll move around Bill Elliott, around Kyle Petty. That front four still well out in front. That front four breakaway has got about, oh, almost a full turn lead now as they work their way out of turn number four as the battle begins to be too wide. Rusty Wallace, Michael Walker from Kevin Harvick on turn four. Closing in on the halfway point of the Pepsi 400. We're at lap number 74 of the 160 that make up the total distance. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Mike Skinner, Ricky Rudd, Steve Park. That's the front four. They are three seconds ahead of fifth place Rusty Wallace and everybody else. Back at the Daytona International Speedway, clean and green all the way so far. We only have 74 laps to go, well past the halfway mark in the 43rd running of the Pepsi 400. There's been 10 lead changes among seven drivers. Most recently, Dale Earnhardt Jr. took control back on lap 57. Been out front, he's led a total of 54 laps so far this evening. There's been plenty of company up there with him. Mike Skinner, Michael Waltrip, Kevin Harvick have all tried to get by. Michael Waltrip, I guess, Mike, uh, rather Dave Moody, has been one of the strongest guys out there so far. He seems at will to be able to pull up and pass by 
Doesn't trouble in turn four. Trouble in turn four. Andy Houston hits the outside retaining wall. Works his way down the short shoot. He keeps it right up against the retaining wall. Coming out of turn number four. Andy Houston scrubs the wall up against turn number four. The yellow flag is being displayed in the field. We are under caution for the first time at lap 87. Let's go back to turn four. And it looked like Andy coming through turns three and four. Just Barney got a little bit high up in those marbles. And when he did, he collected the outside retaining wall. It wasn't a real hard impact. He just kept it up against the wall and rode his way down out of turn number four and down that short shoot. Yeah, his car has come to rest against the outside wall just at the entrance to pit road but caution is on the speedway again it comes out at lap 87 tonight's broadcast of the pepsi 400 is brought to you by ray Vestas, the best in brakes d3 ea certified for safety by circuit city we know how you feel that's why we're here circuit city we're with you by 76 gasoline makers of the official fuel of nascar by pfizer where life is our life's work and by the United Association of Union Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, and Sprinkler Fitters, building a better tomorrow. Pit Road, everybody that's on the lead lap is in the pits. First to Jim Phillips. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. was the first in. He was the first off. Tony Stewart still in the pit lane right now. We've had Bobby Hamilton in. We've uh, had Jeff Burton in, Terry Labonte, Rusty Wallace. Kurt Busch has been in. Dale Jarrett. The hood is up on the car of Jeff Purvis, and they just said, let's shut it down. Now to Winston Kelly. Four tires in fuel. Everybody on the midsection of Pit Road. Sterling Marlin, one of the first down and away, along with Ricky Rudd. Another good stop there. Ward Burton. They've slid out just behind Steve Park. A close call as Casey Atwood was coming down. Pit Road. Out goes Sterling Marlin. Forced Mike Wallace to the high side of the track. He had to go around into the grassy area, avoiding the Casey Atwood car. No harm, no foul. Four tires and gasoline, and here further down pit road, it looked like Michael Walter may have had a problem on his pit stop as he came in second and fell out about 15th. Now down to Tony Rizzuti. On the turn four in, Jeremy Mayfield in, also Jerry Nadeau, Ken Schrader, Elliot Sadler, Johnny Benson was in, as well as Todd Bodine. You had John Andretti in, Ricky Craven in, Jimmy Spencer in, Steve Park had a great stop, but when Jason Leffler pulled into the spot right in front of him, he had to avoid nearly clip the rear tire changer. That cost him some time. Also an excellent stop for Mike Wallace. Real scramble as they came off pit road just a moment ago, but Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s team did the job. They get him back out first, or it so appears as he is lining up behind the pace car right now as they bring him down to the line. So these will be the second round of pit stops. These coming under caution. Earnhardt Jr. beat everybody out. Steve Park came out right behind him, so he'll line up second. Then Matt Kenseth will be third. Fourth will be Steve Park and then Kenny Schrader. Tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern, it's NASCAR Bush Series racing from Watkins Glen International. Don't miss TNT's live coverage of the GNC Live Well 200 tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern. The drama of NASCAR is on TNT. A couple of cars coming back for a second pit stop. I believe Kevin LePage is back in the Kodak car and Bill Elliott's on pit road. Let's get an update there. Well, on the Elliott stop, he was a lap down, Barney. He had got lapped a little bit ago, and his car has been extremely loose, so they're going to make a four-tire stop on the Dodge Dealers Dodge for Bill Elliott. Elliott down and away as they continue to work on Kevin LePage's car, get ready to send him back onto the racetrack. Robert Presley stayed out and uh, takes over the lead here at lap number 90. Brett Bodine will fall in line in the second spot now under the caution flag with Dale Earnhardt Jr. in third. Fourth, Steve Park. And fifth is Matt Kenseth. Rich Hobbegger of R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company and Sports Marketing Enterprises steps into our booth to join us here for the Pepsi 400. What a great night of racing, Rich. It is, Joe, and this is the first time that we're having a Winston Noble 5 here in the evening race. Um, we have had it here three years, but always with the Daytona 500. This year we've shifted it to the 
summer race, the July race, and we're really happy with the results. Matchups, of course, the drivers contending for the Noble Five are Mark Martin, Bobby Lapati, Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, Jeff Burton. You've got uh, race fans teamed up with them. For Mark Martin, it's Donald Arp of Orlando, Florida, Elaine Beatty of Salemburg, North Carolina with Bobby Lapati, Robert Smith of Ledyard, Connecticut. He's uh, teamed up with Kevin Harvick, George Sissick from Dansville, New York with Tony Stewart, and uh, Aiden Robinson of Hagerstown, Maryland with Jeff Burton. We've seen that uh, Winston limousine around town. You've been treating those folks to a great weekend here in Daytona Beach. They've had a great time. Uh, they all, everybody that participates in these Winston Noble Fives always remarks about what a great experience it is. Win, lose, or, you know, draw, whatever. Um, they just have a great time, and, and one lady already today uh, just said, I don't care what happens tonight. I've had a great weekend. That program has been very successful for you guys. A lot of folks have been involved, and there's been a lot of money given away. Right. This is our 18th Noble Five race. Uh, we've given away the money 10 times, so we're 10 out of 17 right now. And uh, the last two years here at Daytona, we've given it away, so we're hoping that we're three in a row here in Daytona. So the way they're showing up right now, Kevin Harvick is in the sixth position. Mark Martin is eighth. Bobby Labonte back in the 18th position. Jeff Burton is uh, falling back to 23rd. And Tony Stewart in the 31st position. So the fans down there having a great time, hoping their driver wins. And if not, Again, a great experience. It is, and we hope to uh, cap it off by giving away the money, though. Rich, thanks a lot for your involvement in NASCAR Winston Cup racing. The No Bull 5 has uh, really gained, gained a lot of popularity over the last few years, and uh, thank you so much for being involved. Right, and we'll see you again in Richmond with the Noble 5 there. All right, look forward to it in September. Rich Heimberger from Sports Marketing Enterprises. 91 laps are on the board here at Daytona. Earnhardt Jr. continues to lead. Let's go back to Pit Road. Well, let's talk to Jeff Purvis. A lot of steam out of that uh, car. What happened? Well, we, uh, we had a little bit of a heating problem early on and tried to ride it out and stay off the field and then catch back up. I had a good race car. This uh, Phoenix team puts together a great speedway car. We just uh, we just had a little bit of a cooling problem. I don't think it was actually a motor problem. It was just uh, maybe a taping problem or something like that. But, uh, you know, I was having fun. <laughs> How, how's the track? I mean, there's a lot of drivers loose out there tonight, and it seems like we're having what we call the old uh, rubber band thing, up, back, up front, back, and the back. So how was your car? My car was good, but I seemed to have the same problems everybody else had. It was, uh, it's not really that the, that the car is so loose as much as there's just not as much grip as you would think there would be at night. And, you know, you go into uh, one and two and be a little bit loose getting in, then you'd push off. And uh, it's a normal Daytona to me, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's great running under the lights. That's right. That's Jeff Purvis. Guys, we talked about Michael Waltrip coming in second and going out further back, maybe 15th or 18th. He slid through the pits. We can see the skid marks from a couple of pit stalls back as if he started to apply the brakes exactly where you'd expect him to, about two to three pit stalls back. But the tires just locked up on him, caused him to slide through the pits and into Mike Skinner's pit. So that cost both Michael Waltrip some time and Mike Skinner some time here on pit road. Yeah, they got a little catching up to do. Green flag about to go on the field as they come down to the line. We are back under green. Earnhardt Jr., Steve Park. The top two as they work their way back toward turn number one. They got a little lap traffic down to the inside this time. And it takes a while to get the restrictor plate engines up to full song. So they're going to have to thread their way through that over to turn two. Going to have to deal with the cars of Bill Elliott. Also Stacy Compton. Those lap machines down to the inside. Earnhardt Jr. still wrestling with that problem. As well as Steve Park off turn two. Engines now just coming up to full song. at Earnhardt with the drafting help in the faster line around the outside will blow away the lap car of Bill Elliott. Park right there in second. Kenseth is third. Kenny Schrader on the outside. Fourth and Kevin Harvick. And Steve Park's going to try to make a run.
run for the lead. He pulls right up on the back bumper of Dale Earnhardt Jr., and he'll pull right in behind as they exit turn two. Steve Park comes charging up off the corner now, riding along in the second spot, just behind Dale Earnhardt Jr., looks momentarily to the inside, sees nothing. Matt Kenseth stacked up behind him. Then it's Ken Schrader next in line on the inside of the racetrack. couple of cars, a lap down, trying to make some hay in turn one. Now the leaders all funnel by to the outside. First one to pop out of line, Kevin Harvick. He's down to the inside of Ken Schrader, bypassing him. Now flashes by to the inside of Matt Kenseth to take over third. Kevin Harvick with virtually no drafting help picks up a couple of spots all alone on the inside. He goes to third, but that battle is not over yet. As now here they come roaring back on the outside. Kenseth with the drafting partners. Right behind him, Kenny Schrader in the lap car of Rick Craven. But Kevin Harvick isn't going to sit there and let Kenseth get that position. He battles back on the low side of the racetrack. He'll have third off of turn four. That's the best thing could happen for Earnhardt Jr. and Steve Park is from third place on back. They run door to door, two wide and three wide, and they continue doing that as they cross the line at lap 94. For the last two laps, the battle for the lead has been side-by-side. Finally, it shakes out a little bit. Matt Kenseth up alongside, challenging Dale Earnhardt Jr. This time, Earnhardt Jr. gets away a little bit. They're battling from second on back. Matt Kenseth forward, climbs the banking in turn number two. Here's the Chevrolet of Steve Park working down to his left side. Now, Kevin Harvick jumps in line behind Steve Park, giving him a shove off the corner. The EI cars go one and two. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and now Steve Park, who swings it back into that high lane and takes control of the second spot. It's three wide behind him though. Mike Wallace finds room down low. He makes a move to the inside of Kevin Harvick. And Mike Wallace trying to hold the position, but Harvick will come back. Three-way battle for fourth and a three-way battle for fifth out of turn four. And the drivers who have led as far as leading here at Daytona and have been running first and second have had a pretty easy evening, so to speak, because nine times out of ten when you come by the start-finish line, third place on back has been running two and three deep and allowing them to get away. That happens again this time as they go back to turn one. Here's Steve Park. He fell back to third, got back in the throttle, and moves up again to the inside of Matt Kenseth and goes to second. He may bring more drivers with him, including Kevin Harvick, who now goes to third. The fight is on for third and fourth. Harvick down on the inside will take it away as they race the back straightaway. Right behind him in that low lane is Mike Wallace. He'll make a move on Matt Kenseth, but Kenseth drives it deep into the corner and holds him off. While that battle is developing, the leaders are trying to check out. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is your leader, but the battle now is for third. Kenseth to the outside. Kevin Harvick to the inside. Working off turn four, back down to the line. It's Earnhardt Jr. hanging on to the top spot. Steve Park puts on pressure, but stays in the second spot with Matt Kenseth riding in third. Two cars are out of the race. We heard from Jeff Purvis a few moments ago. Let's hear from Andy Houston. Tony Rizzuti is there. Caught up with Andy Houston. Andy, it looked like the car turned violently right, right into the wall. What put you out? Uh, Cut a right front tire in the center of uh, three and four. It, uh, it was unfortunate. The McDonald's Ford was really good tonight, and, and we started out real strong, and uh, it seemed like the longer we ran on tires, the tighter the car would get, and uh, I don't know if, if maybe that second set of tires and I run over something early and, and had a slow leak in the right front, because for, for about 10 laps before that, the thing really was pushing in the corner, and uh, the only reason I kept going was because I didn't feel any kind of vibration, didn't feel the tire coming apart. It felt like uh, felt like the tire was still held together, and then all of a sudden, right down the center of the corner, it just... Uh, blowed out all at once and uh, then you're just along for the ride it's uh, another end of a night of uh, a long string of, of frustrating runs for us and uh, you know I hate it for McDonald's I mean they uh, they got higher expectations of this as, as well as is uh, myself and the team and uh, you know it's just unfortunate that we haven't been able to, to deliver for them or, or uh, for anyone else for that matter and uh, we're just gonna go to Chicago next week that's home at McDonald's headquarters 
we're going to try to give him a strong run there and uh, try to turn his deal around. It's uh, been pretty frustrating. Well, the good news is Andy Houston is okay. Yeah, he scrubbed the wall pretty hard up there in turn number four, but he is out of it for the night. I'll tell you what, we've been watching some breathtaking moves from third place on back. Mike Skinner broke out of the field when he came off turn number four just a moment ago. Joe went all the way below the yellow line, made it three wide, and moved himself up a spot or two. He was up to fourth when he passed here last time as they come back to the line. Coming back to the stripe, Dale Earnhardt Jr. hangs on to the top position, but Matt Kenseth has been all over the racetrack trying to find a way to get by him. Took him all the way to the wall last time by. Let's see what they do this time in turn one. Now here's a challenge for Kenseth in that second spot. It's Mike Skinner. He's on the move again. Skinner down low. Forges into the second position. He's got help there in the form of Steve Park. Skinner glued to the bottom of the racetrack, taking all the drafting help that Steve Park can give him, but it's not going to be enough this time. Outside lane has the advantage. It is Earnhardt. Then back on the outside, Matt. Kenseth Skinner back down to the low line, challenging for second. The outside line seems to get the edge down the backstretch, but the inside line comes back in the corner. Mike Skinner will take over the second position as they exit turn four. Tell you what, if anybody is ever due to win a restrictor plate race at Daytona or Talladega, it is Mike Skinner. He's been in the thick of things almost every time we've been to either one of those tracks. And when it always comes down to the end, he can't find anybody to draft with him. With 102 laps complete, Earnhardt Jr. has been the strongest car since he took over the lead a little bit earlier. Skinner's all the way up to second place in turn two. And he's got Steve Park latched on to his back bumper. Here comes Mike Wallace. He's in the picture again. He's back up to fourth. Wallace has been a player all night long, and he is back in the top five, hustling hard in that low line, trying to pick up positions on the inside lane. But Kenseth is a tough customer up high. He's got drafting help from Kenny Schrader. And Mike Wallace with drafting help from Jeff Gordon comes right back in turn number three. He'll pull right up alongside Matt Kenseth. It's a drag race off turn four. It's been a lot of changing going on from second, third, and fourth on back, but one thing has held true for most of the evening. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has had the top spot. He's still up front. Later on in tonight's broadcast, Barney and I will select the Raybestos Break of the Race Award. The driver who experiences the best break during tonight's race will see a $500 donation awarded to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries on his behalf. Raybestos Breaks, the official breaks of NASCAR. Just 54 laps to go for the Pepsi 400. We're at lap 106. Earnhardt Jr. continues to hold everyone off as he works his way down the back straightaway. Mike Skinner's up to second. Steve Park still very strong in third. But they've got plenty of company in the form of Matt Kenseth, Rusty Wallace, and Mike Wallace. They all head for turn four. And Kenseth will work to the high side of the racetrack. It'll cost him a couple of positions because here comes Kevin Harvick. Harvick battling with Michael Walker for the fourth spot. Rusty Wallace up to the third position. He starts looking to the inside for a chance to make a move. Also you've got the car of Mike Waltrip again on the move. He's been strong all night. Now he's trying to get by Mike Wallace. This is the race for the fifth spot going to turn one. Here's Waltrip. He's going to work the inside lane. He's been good down low this evening, but Wallace has been strong up high. They go side by side for fifth. Now here comes help for Michael Waltrip in the form of Ken Schrader, who shoves him on by to the fifth spot. Waltrip takes the help, takes the number five position, and Michael Waltrip, who all night long has had a race car that will take him anywhere he wants to go, is on the hunt again. He dives low, looking to the inside of Kevin Harvick for four. And that battle will develop into turn number four. Michael Waltrip will take that position with Kevin Harvick. But your leader, Dale Earnhardt, right on his bumper, Mike Skinner and Rusty Wallace. Single file this time as they work their way out of the corner, all the way back through about the top seven positions. Earnhardt Jr. hangs onto the lead. Mike Skinner is just 
has not let him get more than a foot away. He is drafting about as tight as he can. Now from fifth place on back, they're about to get too deep in turn one. In fact, they're going to get double wide for second. Here comes Rusty Wallace's blue and silver Ford. Pops out of line, rushes up alongside of Mike Skinner. And Michael Waltrip is there as well, trying to help out Rusty Wallace. Wallace looked in the rearview mirror, saw Waltrip coming, and said, I'm going to make the move before he does. So they will go to the bottom of the racetrack together. Rusty on the bottom, trying to battle with Mike Skinner. Skinner is strong, will go to the outside for the lead. And Skinner trying to make a run now on Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's to the high side. Junior drops to the low side. Junior will hold him off out of turn four. Skinner got a push from Kevin Harvick, has the outside lane covered. What can he do at the line? In the triumphal, they come down to the start-finish line, dead even. Earnhardt Jr. by inches across the stripe. Skinner still there battling with drafting help from behind. They head to turn one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is still down low. Skinner is there just off his flank. Wallace lines up behind Earnhardt Jr. Then Kevin Harvick to the outside of Michael Waltrip. Throw a blanket over the top five, separated by inches, racing off of turn two. And at the sixth place car to the mix, Jack Gordon is in the hunt, and he pulls up on the back bumper of that lead draft as they shuffle the cards down the back straightaway. Earnhardt on the inside, Rusty Wallace second, Michael Waltrip to the bottom going after Skinner now. And Michael Waltrip will take Skinner right up to the high side of the racetrack. He'll take over that third position. The battle now is for fourth. Here comes Jeff Gordon. Gordon side by side with Mike Skinner on four. Getting kind of scared up at the front of the field. Some of the moves they've been making the last few laps around. They settle down just a little bit this time as Earnhardt Jr. takes the front three cars back to turn number one. The racing now side by side is back at about seventh or eighth position. We haven't talked a lot about Jeff Gordon all evening long. He has slowly but surely worked his way up into the top five. Let's get a report out of his pit. Winston Kelly is there. Well, let's see what Robbie Loomis has to say. The crew chief on the machine, he said earlier the car was pretty good. See if we can get him to look back down here. He's looking at the uh, monitor. Robbie, what's he saying? The car was good the first run. Have you made any changes? No, he's been real happy with the DuPont Chevrolet. Right now, we're all holding our breath just trying to get through this thing. That's Robbie Loomis, the crew chief on the machine. He's looking at the monitor, holding his breath as well as Jeff Gordon makes his way back toward the front. And, Joe, well, they should because they're getting three deep coming off that corner up there. I'm telling you, like I said, it's getting a little bit nervous here at the front of the field, especially from third place on back. The front two are long gone. Michael Waltrip and Jeff Gordon work that inside lane. They are the ones that are making it three wide as they go into turn one. Michael Waltrip is trying to grab fifth away from Mark Martin. Now there are three wide behind them battling for the seventh position. Mike Skinner is sandwiched in between Jeff Gordon to the inside and Terry Labonte to the high side. Texas Terry for the first time tonight having something to say at the front of the pack as he rolls through that outside lane at the front of the pack. The top five, now the top six will go single file until Kenny Schrader breaks wide for second. And Kenny Schrader will have some drafting help from Matt Kenseth. He'll make a run for the second position. He's right up alongside behind Dale Earnhardt Jr. as they head off four. 112 laps about to be put on the board. Earnhardt Jr. has weathered every challenge that's been thrown at him all night long, but Rusty Wallace has a lot of drafting help right now. Rusty's moved into second place, and he's got a couple of cars right behind him trying to push him up there in the form of Kenny Schrader and Michael Waltrip. They're in two. Here's Rusty Wallace now in that second position, waiting to see which way Earnhardt Jr. is going to go. Dale Jr. is right down next to the yellow line. Rusty Wallace follows him in the backstretch. And the side-by-side battle for third on the inside of the racetrack is Michael Waltrip. On the outside is Kenny Schrader. Schrader's had the same drafting partners for a good long time now. Kenseth and Mark Martin. He'll go to the top again in three. 
And he's going to hold that position as the leaders drop to the bottom of the racetrack. It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. with Rusty Wallace and Michael Waltrip in his tire track. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has held the lead most recently since lap 91. There's been 12 lead changes tonight among eight drivers. It was Sterling Marlin who started on the bud pole. Ward Burton took over on lap one. Marlin came back on lap two. Then it went between Kevin Harvick Michael Waltrip led for a while. Dale Earnhardt Jr. first came out front on lap 27. Other leaders tonight include Matt Kenseth, Todd Bodine led for a while, and Robert Presley led while everyone else came down the pit lane. Caution flag has flown only one time this evening on lap 87 when Andy Houston hit the wall in turn four. Right now it's Dale Earnhardt Jr., Rusty Wallace, Michael Waltrip, Mike Skinner, and Ken Schrader with 47 laps to go. This mid-race update brought to you by MBNA. Apply for an official NASCAR credit card issued by MBNA with a photo of one of more than 60 drivers. Log on to MBNA.com or when you attend a Winston Copper Bush Series race, stop by the familiar MBNA green booth and mention MRN for a second free gift just for applying. We are back at the Daytona International Speedway, kind of wrapping up the Pepsi 400 here as the laps are winding down in a hurry. Just 45 to go. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has managed to hang on to the lead for the better part of the night. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. 115 laps complete. Earnhardt Jr. leads. Rusty Wallace has gotten up into second, but that's about as far as he can go. Mike Skinner helped him get up there, and he currently rides third. Then Michael Waltrip would be fourth. But the scramble from fourth place on back is where it's all going on right now. They're too wide heading up to turn one. Here's Michael Waltrip. He's going to go to the inside from the fourth position, challenging Mike Skinner for third. Skinner goes way up to the top of the banking. He has help there from Kevin Harvick. Here's Mike Wallace down low trying to help out Michael Waltrip. Waltrip has done most of his work on the inside lane tonight. And once again, he's down low digging for positions. Waltrip on the hunt for the number three position. He's got it by a nose, but back on the outside comes Mike Skinner, they're dead even to three. And they battle for the third position through turn number three. To the low side is Michael Waltrip. He's got drafting help now from Mike Michael Wallace on the outside. Here comes Mike Skinner with Kevin Harvick. Michael Waltrip has been strong tonight. Matt Kenseth has been very strong. Sterling Marlin led several times, but so far, no one can do anything with Dale Earnhardt Jr. He has led so far 80 laps this evening. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Tonight's broadcast of the Pepsi 400 is brought to you by Husqvarna. Tough name, tough equipment. For the dealer nearest you, call 1-800-HUSKY-62. By the Brewmasters at Budweiser, who remind you that fresh beer tastes better. By Napa Auto Parts. Napa, we keep America running. And by the Wide Track Grand Prix. Wider is better. Laps are going by in a hurry right now. Just 33 remain in the Pepsi 400 here at Daytona. Earnhardt Jr., Rusty Wallace, Michael Waltrip, Mike Wallace, and Jeff Gordon make up your top five. If you're wondering why we haven't been talking about Dale Jarrett, Dale has not been a factor to get up in the top 10 or 15 positions all night long. He got up to 25th there a moment ago. Now he's lost a couple of spots the last two or three laps around. He is all the way back to 27th position. And Jim Phillips has been down in Dale's pit. Let's talk to his crew chief, uh... Todd Parrott, get the story here. We expect you to be a little bit closer to the front. Is this planned or is it not handling the way you want it to right now? Uh, right now, I don't think it's handling the way he wants it to. Um, you know, we've been fighting a little bit of loose situation, and now it's a little tight in one end, loose in the other, and just can't find the happy medium here with this uh, old four tars. Okay, you got one more stop coming up probably. Is, are these setups where you can make a lot of changes, or could you just have to make subtle changes to them? No, that last one we made a lot of changes. Maybe that's what happened. We made too many changes. But uh, we got one more pit stop here, and uh, hopefully we can work some magic and miracles in this 088 car and get it up front. 
Well, he has before because they've been to Victory Lane. That's Todd Parrott, Dale, Dale Jarrett's crew chief. Yeah, he's had a lot of success here at Daytona. Dale Jarrett has over the years, but right now he's kind of struggling back there as he continues to lose spots. A couple of the guys having some uh, problems, at least not really getting up in the front and being in the mix. Bobby Labonte and uh, Tony Stewart, Joe Gibbs racing teammates. They're now running 31st and 32nd, respectively. Let's take you back through the running order here on the Napa leaderboard with 31 laps to go. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the race leader. He is the eighth driver to lead tonight's Pepsi 400. Rusty Wallace runs second. Michael Waltrip is third. Jeff Gordon fourth. And Mike Wallace is fifth. Sixth is Sterling Marlin. Seventh is Mike Skinner. Eighth is Kurt Busch. Ninth is Mark Martin. And Terry Labonte runs 10th. 11th is Matt Kenseth. Ward Burton is 12th. 13th, Ken Schrader. 14th is Kevin Harvick. John Andretti is 15th. Running 16th now, Ricky Rudd. Todd Bodine is 17th. 18th is Johnny Benson. 19th is Jeremy Mayfield. And 20th is Elliot Sadler. Jeff Burton's at 21st. 22nd now is Robert Presley, followed by Jerry Nadeau, Kevin LePage, Steve Park, and Dave Blaney. Napa Auto Parts, where NASCAR fans get their parts. Well, that last round of pit stops came when the caution came out, and everybody came in at about lap 89, so they put about 40 laps on the set of tires and that tank of fuel, just exactly when that last stop is going to come, as anybody's guess, we'll uh, kind of keep tabs on it and find out when, we'll check with a couple of pit reporters and find out when they're speculating that they will make that last stop. That's when the pressure is really going to be on to not make any mistake on pit road to get in and get out, whether you take two tires, do you take four, whatever it takes to get track position here as the laps wind down. There's going to be 29 to go when Earnhardt Jr. brings him across the line, which he does right now. Still behind him is Rusty Wallace. Jeff Gordon looking very strong. Jeff kind of takes a look to the outside of Rusty Wallace there. In fact, they jockey around a little bit on the leader as they go to turn one. Now here's Michael Waltrip fighting his way back up into third, bringing Ward Burton along to fourth. So all of a sudden, Jeff Gordon, who was starting to advance in the top five, loses two positions in that exchange. Falls back in line in the number five position, but draws right back onto the back bumper of Burton as they work down the back straightaway. Leaders for the moment go single file with Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the head of the pack. Jr. to the bottom side of the racetrack in turn number three. Rusty Wallace content to sit right there and ride along behind him. Michael Waltrip is third. Ward Burton is fourth. Off turn four. Earnhardt Jr. shows the way, although Rusty looks for an opportunity, doesn't see it. Tuck's back in line. The race is going to be further back for about the 7th or 8th spot. That's where Mike Wallace and Kevin Harvick go side by side. At the conclusion of tonight's race, Gatorade presents the Gatorade Front Runner Award of $10,000 to the eligible driver who leads the most laps in this race. Gatorade is the official sports beverage of NASCAR. 132 on the board, 28 to go. That pit stop will be coming up here not too far away. Jim Phillips, you had a chance to be up in Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s pit. Are they saying anything? Well, they've not said a lot. They're just trying to protect his flank. They've already given him instructions. And, uh, of course, he, he's a guy that's got some of his teammates up there to help him or has uh, part of this night tonight. So uh, we're going to get uh, down here and talk to Tony Urey and ask him when that next pit stop might happen in just a second. Okay, here they come out of turn number four. A four-car breakaway now as the laps continue to wind down. Earnhardt Jr., Rusty Wallace, Michael Waltrip, and Ward Burton in that four-car. Add another one to it now. Jeff Gordon is fifth, but he's lost a couple of car lengths to that four-car draft as they swing back to turn one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. up at the front of the line. He's still got Rusty Wallace just kind of dancing back and forth a few feet from his back bumper. But for now, everyone stays single file through the top nine cars. The leader, Dale Earnhardt Jr., is off turn two. A little bit further back in the 
pack. It appears that Tony Stewart may finally have decided that it's time to push the button and see what the Home Depot Pontiac has got. He's passed seven or eight cars in the last couple of laps. He's up at the tail end of that lead draft as the leader, Dale Earnhardt Jr., takes him to three. Dale Earnhardt's got about a three-car league lead now over Rusty Wallace in second. Wallace will drift up the banking, but he'll follow Earnhardt off turn four. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads coming off turn four, back through the tri-oval, trying to score his first Winston Cup win of the year with 26 laps to go in the Pepsi 400. We're in the final 23 laps of the uh, 2001 edition of the Pepsi 400, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. has been command for much of the race. He's led, what, over 99 laps so far at last count. Still in command, but he's under attack big time in turn one. He's got Rusty Wallace, who's been there for the last several laps and continues to loom as a threat. Michael Waltrip, Ward Burton, then they're side-by-side for fifth. Mike Skinner to the outside of Mike Wallace. And Jeff Gordon also in that mix. Takes a look to the outside. Doesn't like what he sees, so dives down to the inside lane. Here comes Jeff Gordon now, challenging for six. Three wide as Kevin Harvick comes to the inside and blows them both away. Kevin Harvick will take over that position. He'll bring Jeff Gordon right along. Gordon will now tuck in behind Kevin Harvick, and they're single file off turn four. Single file back through the top eight. I don't think anybody really wants to make any drastic moves because with a final round of pit stops coming up here very shortly not a whole lot to gain by advancing one spot. Jim Phillips is down in the leader's pit for the moment. Yes we are Marty. Uh, you're up here with Tony Urie. The fourth thing you're going to see is uh, the guys teaming up. We have uh, green flag stops. Who will come in with who and who will leave with who? Tony, Tony Urie, the crew chief of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Tony, when do, we, when do we expect that last pit stop for most of these teams? Uh, about five laps. I'm uh, still trying to decide what we're going to do here. Uh, a lot of people are going to do a lot of different things, so we've got to decide what we want to do to uh, make our car the best thing. How, how about the characteristics of your car right now? Is it uh, handling good for Dale? Yeah, the car's great right now. It's been great all night. We made one adjustment. We took it back out to the last stop, and uh, hopefully it'll stay that way the rest of the race. Well, that's Tony Urey, crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Don't expect any changes on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s car on this last pit stop. No, I don't think you'd want to change a whole lot on that car as good as it's been running all night long. Tony Stewart will make a pit stop right now, and also coming in is Bobby Labonte. So they will be the first of the cars on the lead lap to dive into the pits. Why don't we cover their stops as they ease down toward turn one? Here comes Bobby Labonte into pits. Let's see if they're going to change tires. Uh, Right side tires going on Bobby Labonte's car. Let's see if he just goes with two or four. They come around, and the only two tires for Bobby Labonte fill it up with one can of fuel. Got a couple of hard decisions to make for a lot of the teams. Do you take two tires? Do you just take gas? What do you do? We'll cover those stops when they come up here very shortly. 140 laps about to go on the scoreboard here at Daytona. Welcome back to the Daytona International Speedway, where the caution flag is waving only the second time this evening for an incident that occurred in turn four. Yes, it did. A moment ago, Mike Skinner coming out of turn number four as they work their way down the short chute. He's trying to make a move, and he got clipped on the right rear quarter panel, sent him right out against the outside retaining wall, and from that point, Joe, it was up to anybody to get on the binders and try to miss the accident. Terry Labonte got some of that. Sterling Marlin, the pole sitter for this race, got some damage from that. Also, the car of Bobby Hamilton was involved in the crash. And Barney, it looked like a couple of the cars were breaking out of line to make their move onto pit lane. A few of them checked up behind that, and suddenly somebody got crossed up, and they all piled in. Yeah, somebody was diving down to get onto pit road and uh, kind of stacked them up a little bit. And once it started, it was kind of a chain reaction. The cars that I had that uh, slid through the accident either got a little sheet metal damage or just 
kind of spun down through it. Dave Marcus was involved. John Andretti slid through that. So did Bobby Hamilton. Brett Bodine was very close to it. And the 24 car just a moment ago of Jeff Gordon looked like he might have had a little sheet metal scrubbed in there. Couldn't really tell. And as you said, Terry Labonte was in it. Also, uh, I think Kurt Busch might have gotten some damage to his car. Let's go to pit road. Well, Mark Martin got a good bit of that, Barney. He just came limping by a lot of damage to the left side of the car. You're absolutely right about Jeff Gordon. He got a little bit of damage to the right front of his machine, uh, so that should mess up the aerodynamics. Bobby Hamilton's car being pushed behind the wall. Robert Presley limping down pit road. So a number of cars that you mentioned, plus some more uh, with problems. Jason Leffler just makes his way onto pit road. He got a lot of damage on that as well. And Jim Phillips, a few cars down in front of you. Yes, Robert Presley don't have a lot of damage, Marty, but he has the left front tire that went down. He ran over through debris, and the left front went down. It uh, did uh, have a little dent in the left front fender. Now, Terry Labonte's got a lot of damage. Front end's caved in. They're pulling both fenders off of it, and uh, also the hood is bowed in, so it's a lot of trouble for him. Kurt Busch just left his pit. He's got quite a bit of damage, but Presley, lucky, he came down through the grass during that uh, melee up there. And also, right now, we're watching Sterling Marlin trying to get his car back up on the racetrack. A lot of sheet metal damage to Sterling's car. Mike Skinner's car has come to rest here against the outside wall just short of the start-finish line. This is the second caution flag of the evening in the Pepsi 400. Again, it came out at lap 142. Checking the video replay, it appears that Kurt Busch got into the rear of Mike Skinner coming off turn number four, sent Skinner across the racetrack, up into the wall. He collected Terry Labonte, and then the move was on to try to avoid it. At least seven or eight cars slid through that. Some got a little piece of the action. Some escaped. A great move here by Dave Marcus at the start-finish line to avoid a couple of those spinning cars. But cars that we know so far that do have significant damage include Bobby Hamilton, Sterling Marlin, Mike Skinner, Terry Labonte, Robert Presley got some of it, and the car of Jason Leffler. Marlin sitting down on the grass apron here between, uh, well, in the middle of the trioval trying to work his car around so he can get back on pit road. And Barney, it appears it just won't turn the right way. He can't get it going in the direction he needs to go. Yeah, it looks like the front end's caved in there, and he's having trouble with the steering to kind of get it to back, even back into the pits. More cars are in the pits right now. Let's go back down to Winston Kelly. Well, they're going to put some sheet metal on the right front of Jeff Gordon's machine, a shell that covers up where the right front fender has been damaged. Mark Martin's already been on pit road once. They're pulling the sheet metal away from the left side of his machine. They already changed the left side tires where he had a left front tire that was down. So his damage is significant enough that it'll keep him from having any good arrow around the track, but he'll be able to continue. And Joe, you're right. Sterling Marlin sitting down here with a crippled car, not able to turn the car left so he can make it on down to pit road. So he's going to need some assistance to get some work on that machine. A couple of contenders for the win here tonight, Barney. Of course, Sterling Marlin had been strong from the very beginning of the race. Mike Skinner had been in the mix the entire night. And, of course, Jeff Gordon had just made his way back up into the top five recently and was certainly a strong contender for the win. And looks like their chances are out the window. We only have 16 laps to go as we work this caution. Yeah, well, you hate to see anything like that happen, but a lot of cars did get damaged up there, and a lot of those cars, as you said, might have had a shot to win the Pepsi 400 here. 144 laps are on the board with 16 to go. We are under caution here. They're hooking up to Mike Skinner's car, trying to get it off the racetrack right now. They also have a record down at Sterling Marlin's machine. 
trying to get uh, it hitched up to him or see if they can get him back into the pits and maybe they can make some kind of repairs. Possibly he would like to do it and finish this race if he can, at least be running at the end. Now they hook up to Mike's car and will take him back apparently to the garage area. It appears that Kevin LePage has a problem also. The uh, Kodak uh, Chevrolet sits down on the racetrack just past the start-finish line is stalled down there. I'm not sure if he got some of that uh, action also, but anyway, the car is not rolling, and uh, Recker will be going over to attend to him here in a few moments. To pit road. Well, uh, Joe, I believe the problem on that machine is he came around to get his lap back, and the yellow flag had already waved, or the leader has already gotten it. So uh, the team, Larry McClure and the team, still talking to the NASCAR officials, pleading their case, but to no avail as Kevin LePage starts to roll. Another event as the cars come down pit road, as Terry Labonte had dumped a ton of oil down pit road, so they've tried to use the speedy dry to get that corrected Ward Burton on pit road. He's getting four tires in fuel. Now the leaders are in front of Jim Phillips. Yes, they are. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s in. Let's see if he gets four tires. Yes, he does. Earnhardt Jr. goes for four. First can of fuel is in. Here goes the second can of fuel. Jeff Burton is in. He's getting four tires. Rusty Wallace peels out of the pits. Rusty Wallace coming out right behind Dale Earnhardt Jr. Here comes Michael Walker out. He's got tires on his way. Now to Tony Rizzuti. Steve Park in. Four tires for him. Four tires as well for Jimmy Spencer. Uh, in previously was John Andretti. They took on four tires. Also in Todd Bodine. We saw Elliot Sadler. And we also saw Jerry Nadeau. Let's look at another report on the stops in front of the Jim Phillips to pit lane. Brought to you by McDonald's drive through And on this end of the pit road, uh, here comes uh, what Terry Labonte is still in here. And uh, the re- recap on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s pit stop. Again, four tires, fuel, and they beat everybody out of the pits, including Rusty Wallace, who came out right behind him. And Jeff, Jeff Burton also had a good stop. He takes on four tires, dumps in uh, the fuel, and gets himself back onto the racetrack. We'll see how it all relines up here. They're still trying to get those damaged cars back into the garage area. Caution on the speedway at lap 142 a moment ago involving Mike Skinner, Jason Leffler, Sterling Marlin got quite a bit of damage in that. So did Bobby Hamilton. Jeff Gordon had some damage. Terry Labonte did. And also Kurt Busch, some of the cars that got a piece of the action down there. We are still under yellow with just 15 laps to go in the Pepsi 400. At Daytona International Speedway, we were just waiting for the last round of green flag pit stops, expecting them to come out at any time, when suddenly a big crash broke out down in turn four, and again, at least seven, maybe eight cars got a little piece of the action, and because of that caution, now everybody has come in and made their final stops. Johnny Benson is picked up at the, as the race leader now, with Dave Blaney shown in second, Ken Schrader is third, fourth is Jeremy Mayfield, and fifth is Tony Stewart. We've got Bobby Labonte, Mike Wallace, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Rusty Wallace and Dave Marcus, the rest of the top ten. Now, again, the cars involved, Bobby Hamilton, also Sterling Marlin, Mike Skinner, the cars of Terry Labonte, Robert Presley got some of that, Jeff Gordon. Obviously, uh, the report is that uh, Kevin Harvick has some damage and Jason Leffler. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Well, Sterling Marlin's car's been brought behind the wall. They've got it up on the jack stands. He's actually here looking up under the hood, helping the guys with the repair, pointing out where some of the problems might be with him being in the chase for the Winston Cup points championship. Sterling really wants to get back out here. He's currently running in fifth in points. Sterling, could you tell what happened? I don't know. It's uh, Somebody got in, somebody coming off four and, uh, you know, spitting. I don't know. We hate it, but uh, our car is a little tight, a little loose at times, but uh, we're working on it. But, you know, that's what you get with these rules. We got just everybody's just on top of each other, and uh, it's just really hard to race. So uh, I hope we can get something changed before we can race. Looks like you had just about gotten it right and were coming toward the front but couldn't find any friends. Was that the case? 
Well, it's, you know, at times somebody would check up off turn two, and you'd have to check up, and two or three guys would get by. I would check up because it would get tight, and uh, two or three would get by me. But uh, it's just typical racing deal. Sterling Marlin taking it very philosophically as he's behind the wall after a strong run from the mud pole. Yeah, it kind of hurts to have a race car that you feel like is capable of certainly a top five finish and maybe a win and to get caught up in an accident not of your making, and it's just one of those things that uh, will happen. And it has put Sterling Marlin behind the wall along with Terry Labonte, Bobby Hamilton, and Mike Skinner, some of the cars that have gone out for the moment. It's been a lot of racing going on this weekend. Still a lot to go. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series ran earlier today at the new Kansas Speedway. Ricky Hendrick got his first win and only his 18th start in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Jack Sprague led most of the day but blew up close to the end of the race, and his teammate, Ricky Hendrick, goes to victory lane. Ted Musgrave finished second. Dennis Setzer was third. Fourth was John Wood. Best ever finish for him. And Billy Bigley posted the fifth-place finish at the new Kansas Speedway. The NASCAR Bush Series goes into action tomorrow at the Watkins Glen Raceway, the GNC Livewell 200. Scott Pruitt is on the bud pole for that race with Ron Fellows and Boris Said. And starting in positions uh, two and three, MRN Radio has live coverage of that starting at 12.30 Eastern time tomorrow. Next week's got to be a very interesting week. We go to a brand-new racetrack, the Chicagoland Speedway, for the Tropicana 400 NASCAR Winston Cup race and the Kroger 225 NASCAR, actually the Hills Brothers Coffee 300 NASCAR Bush Series race. That is next Saturday. Our coverage at Chicago starts on Friday afternoon with Bud Pole updates beginning at 3.50. Eastern Time. Then we'll bring you the NASCAR Bush Series and the Hills Brothers Coffee 300. That is on Saturday, next Saturday at 3 Eastern Time. And then the Tropicana 400 NASCAR Winston Cup race next Sunday at 2 Eastern Time. NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series is at the Kentucky Speedway next week. On Saturday, we'll have live coverage of the Kroger 225 at 7.30 Eastern Time. Then it's on to the New Hampshire International Speedway for the New England 300. Our coverage starts on Friday afternoon, July the 20th, with Bud Pole updates beginning at 2.15 Eastern Time. Then the New England 200 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race. That's on Saturday, July the 21st, starting at 12 noon. And Sunday, July 22nd, the New England 300 starting at 1.30 Eastern Time. That same weekend, the NASCAR Bush Series goes to Gateway International Raceway for the CarQuest Auto Parts 250. That is on Saturday, July the 21st. MRN Radio airtime is 7.30 p.m. for that event. Ticket offices are open at these racetracks. Hope you can join us in person. If not, you can join us right here on MRN Radio. Field was just given the indication one lap and we'll get ready to go back to green flag racing. Let's check down at the Care Center with Tony Rizzuti. Well, we're waiting to uh, get word on Mike Skinner. He did climb from the car and get into the ambulance. I think one of the drivers that was involved in the uh, wreck is in front of Winston Kelly. Well, Bobby Hamilton is sitting here in his car. He's still got his visor down and uh, looking at the damage on the car. So after a win at Talladega, Bobby Hamilton, let's see if we can slide in here and get a quick comment. Bobby, could you tell what happened? Uh, I noticed the pit stop earlier. Some of the guys, some of the veterans are trying those short track tricks trying to choke everybody down getting in to bottle everybody up and we done good tonight on the racetrack but hell we wrecked running 90 mile an hour so i guess if we can get that down pat we'll have a pretty good weekend bobby hamilton also philosophically talking about it said uh, they did pretty good on the racetrack but as they're coming to pit road that's what caused the accident yeah not very happy uh, several drivers who are behind the wall now johnny benson leads dave blaney is second ken Schrader's third jeremy mayfield is fourth they made their pit stops before earnhardt jr and the rest of the field did a moment ago tony stewart and bobby labonte also came in just before that caution came out so they are the top six earnhardt jr will restart seventh mike wallace eighth rusty wallace ninth and ward burton tenth green flag is out 
They have 11 laps to settle the Pepsi 400, and this ought to be a dandy. They go to turn one. Here they come, back into the corner. Johnny Benson shows the way. The lapped car of Joe Nemechek is down to the inside. Dave Blaney rides in second, now closes in behind Benson in the outside lane. Behind them, Ken Schrader, all of the leaders, trying to get it cranked up to full song, working the outside lane of the backstretch. So far, those lead lap cars unable to clear the lapped automobiles in the low line as they race the back straightaway. Now the high lane begins to percolate. Around the outside, it's Johnny Benson, then Blaney, then Schrader, then Jeremy Mayfield. Mayfield will clear that lap car, and he'll bring the rest of the outside line along. But Johnny Benson is your leader. Benson out of turn four. He's got Dave Blaney right on his bumper, and Ken Schrader is third. Johnny Benson and Dave Blaney trying to win their first ever NASCAR Winston Cup race. One car, a lot of smoke out of it as it comes off turn number four, putting out a big plume of smoke. It will be Jeff Gordon's car, and Caution is on the speedway immediately again. It comes out at lap number 10 as the field races over to turn two. Here come the leaders back into the corner. Johnny Benson shows the way with Dave Blaney behind him. They have broken away from Ken Schrader back in third. They're on the super stretch. Two car race at the front of the pack right now as they will sprint home to the yellow flag. Down the back straightaway, taking a peek down to the inside is Dave Blaney, but doesn't have the horsepower to get it done. It's Johnny Benson, Dave Blaney, Kenny Schrader. Johnny Benson will lead the field back through turn number three and turn number four as they race back. A lot of cars getting on the binders as some are racing back to the caution flag. Others are kind of slowing up, but Benson will be your leader off turn four. Johnny Benson comes off turn four down to take the caution flag here at lap 151. It'll be nine laps to go in the Pepsi 400. We're back at the Daytona International Speedway where the safety crews are out checking the racetrack and putting stay dry down in case uh, Jeff Gordon put down some oil from turn number four almost all the way around the racetrack. There are eight laps remaining here. There's no question that we'll get this race. Well, I will say there's no question. I don't think there is. We'll get it back under green and finish it. But all of a sudden, Joe, a race that's been fairly exciting all night long to say the least. Uh, we've had some weird things happen here in the last 20 laps. You know, in, in super speedway racing, this is how it usually goes. What you don't expect happens. How about Tony Stewart, who's been back at the tail end of the field all night, couldn't get out of his own way, and suddenly here with what's going to be what a, maybe a six-lap shootout, he's up in the fifth position. Jeremy Mayfield, Ken Schrader, Dave Blaney, Johnny Benson, all those guys are in the top five, and they've not been near the front of the field all evening, with the exception of Ken Schrader. He was up there a couple of times, and suddenly here they are, the contenders for the win. Now, don't count out Dale Earnhardt Jr. As strong as he's been, he's still running in the top uh, ten. He's in the sixth position. You got Mike Wallace, who's been a player all night. He's seventh. Ward Burton has been strong. He's eighth. Bobby Labonte is ninth. And Rusty Wallace, who was challenging for the lead before that caution, he now rides in the 10th position. Let's check down on Pit Road with a couple of things that are going on. Winston Kelly? Well, Jeff Gordon's brought his car down Pit Road. They've been adding oil. They think they may have cut an oil line as the oil pressure was very low on the machine, and he dumped all that fluid around the racetrack. But the car would still run. So now the hood's gone up on the car, and they've added oil, which they do right where the uh, the left rear window would be on your passenger car. They've got a funnel that they can put in to where the oil reservoir is in the trunk section of where your normal passenger car would be. So they think it might have been a cut oil line on Jeff Gordon's DuPont Chevy. Man, it put out a ton of smoke there for all the way from turn number four all the way around the racetrack as they continue to send the trucks around and put the stay dry down to get the oil up before they can go back under green. There are eight laps remaining. There will be seven when the field comes across the line, and that's just about what they're ready to do now as the pace car brings them down to the line. We're looking to see if they're going to be given the indication one lap and we'll go back to green, and I believe they are. 
Here they come down to the line. Signal is given. One to go to get thing underway. Well, Johnny Benson hoping for his first NASCAR Winston Cup win. Remember how close he came in the Daytona 500 last year, leading late in the race, and here he is in a very fine position with an opportunity to do it with what's going to be a six-lap shootout. Back on pit road. Well, they were in the same position, and Johnny Benson's been very vocal back to his crew to tell the spotters of those other cars to get out of the way and let them race, and they'll let them have their lap back. Right now, crew chief James Ince is talking to the Winston Cup official, trying to get some clarity to make sure that what happened last year doesn't happen this year. And we'll get a word with James here in a moment. James Finch, the crew chief there for Johnny Benson, the Valvoline Pontiac, hoping maybe they can hold off and get the win here this evening. Again, this will be within the final 10 laps, so it'll be a single-file restart. Only the leaders, the drivers on the lead lap up front. Back to pit road. Well, James, you were doing some lobbying down there. Did it work? Well, I don't know if it worked or not. We got a little concerned the condition of the racetrack right now. They say the oil's a little bit lower than what we think it is. But uh, regardless, we're going to go see what we got here with this Valvoline Pontiac at the end. You and a couple of the other Pontiacs have kind of been laying low all day long. Do you have something for the rest of the field? Well, I feel like we do. This particular car here has led every race for the past two years. So uh, it's lost three here, so we're hoping it'll win one tonight. That's James Ince, crew chief for the Valvoline Pontiac at Johnny Benson. Johnny's got a lot of experience here at Daytona, and he's had a couple get away from him here that he could have won, and several times he's had a couple of potential top five finishes only to get caught up in somebody else's problems. He has it at the front of the field right now with six laps to go when they come back. Let's take you back through the top 20 real quick. It's Johnny Benson leading, Dave Blaney second, Kenny Schrader is third, Jeremy Mayfield is fourth, Tony Stewart is now fifth, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is sixth. Seventh is Mike Wallace. Bobby Labonte is eighth. Rusty Wallace will restart ninth. Ward Burton is tenth. Jeff Burton would be 11th. Ricky Rudd, 12th. Todd Bodine, 13th. Michael Walter, 14th. Elliot Sadler, 15th. Then comes Brett Bodine, 16th. Jerry Nadeau, 17th. Jimmy Spencer, 18th. Matt Kenseth is 19th. And Dale Jarrett is up in the top 20. Yeah, there's uh, the field getting ready to go back to green flag racing, and I'm sure there is a lot of conversations going on in the pits here to find out if they can get somebody to work with each other out there, but usually that goes out the window in a hurry. They are working their way back down to the sharp finish line. Pace car is on pit road, getting ready to settle the Pepsi 400. Seven lefts, six remain as they get ready to see the green flag. It is in the air. They work their way hit back into turn number one. Can Johnny Benson, Dave Blaney, or Ken Schrader pull this one out of the fire? They head for turn one and two. Here comes Johnny Benson now. The red, white, and blue Pontiac leads the field back into the banking of turn number one. He's got Dave Blaney's Dodge right behind him. Then Ken Schrader, as the leaders all go single file, again working their way back up to full speed. Tony Stewart goes high in the banking, and here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. on the bottom of the racetrack, looking to get back into the hunt quickly. Takes it down to the inside on Tony Stewart. He will pick up the spot as the leaders race off into turn number three. Down to the inside, Jeremy Mayfield will take third. Here comes Earnhardt to fourth. Earnhardt Jr. will take over the fourth position and set his sights on the third spot. To the low side, it's Johnny Benson. Dave Blaney, Jeremy Mayfield, and here comes Little E. Mayfield has the third spot. Earnhardt Jr. wants it. He goes to the outside of the racetrack, coming down to the start-finish line. Earnhardt grabs the third position. Now he goes after second place, Dave Blaney, in turn one. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr., going to look to the top side of the banking, racing back into the corner. He still has Jeremy Mayfield down to the inside. That's the battle for the third position. Here's Mayfield working down low, help in the form there of Bobby Labonte. But Dale Earnhardt Jr., strong in the outside lane, hangs with them as they hit the super 
stretch. Earnhardt trying to make the move for the number three position as they go three wide for a moment. Tony Stewart trying to punch the hole, can't find room. Here comes Earnhardt for the lead on the outside lane. Taylor Earnhardt Jr. will be your leader as they work their way through turn four. The second place automobile is Johnny Benson. He'll tuck right inside Earnhardt as they exit turn four. This crowd is going wild. Dale Earnhardt Jr. goes back to the front of the field as the laps wind down. Oh, man, if they pull this one off, they got three wide, almost went into the grass here at the sharp finish line. That's for second, third, fourth, and fifth place. But Earnhardt Jr. has got the lead as he goes to one. Behind him, Tony Stewart comes out of a crowd of cars into the second position. Then Jeremy Mayfield challenged by Bobby Labonte for third. And here comes Michael Waltrip. He's part of that mix as well. It took Dale Earnhardt Jr. less than two laps to go from sixth place to the lead. Now the job is to hang on to it. Tony Stewart dogging his back bumper to the inside. Here comes Bobby Labonte. Labonte to the inside will take second place away. Bobby Labonte will pull right up on the back bumper of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and try to make a run for that second position. But he's also got company. Michael Walker now up to third. Posting the 20, the Tony Stewart machine. That's a call that comes from NASCAR. He went out of bounds too low last time across the start-finish line. Now the race for the lead. It's Bobby Labonte putting pressure on Dale Earnhardt Jr. Here's Bobby Labonte's Pontiac looking down to the inside lane of the racetrack. He's got Michael Waltrip behind him. So Labonte has thoughts of the lead, also has to guard the rear flank. And now Ward Burton is back in the hunt as well. He's charging up to the outside. Michael Waltrip trying to find room down low. He's come from 15th on the restart up to the number three position. Looking to the inside of Bobby Labonte. Can't find any room. Here comes Ward Burton. He'll challenge him on the outside. Elliot Sadler getting into it. Elliot Sadler swings wide in turn number three, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. still has the lead. He's got a one-car lead lead out of turn four over Bobby Labonte and Michael Walker. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has fought his way back to the front of the field as he comes down to the line. There will be two laps to go, but Bobby Labonte is there. Michael Waltrip is there as they all head back into turn number one, chasing Earnhardt Jr., can he pull this one out of the fire? They're back in turn two. We're about to find out. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks in the rearview mirror, sees Bobby Labonte as the closest threat. Labonte checks behind him, and here comes Michael Waltrip. Elliot Sadler now, a much closer fourth on the super stretch. Waltrip pulls it down to the inside. He wants to challenge Bobby Labonte for the number two position. He's got the whole shot. He's got the drafting help. He's got the spot. He'll go to second. Sadler to third. Rusty Wallace to the bottom in fourth. And he's going to take a shot at Dale Earnhardt Jr. Michael Waltrip jumps right in behind the Budweiser Chevrolet. It's it's Earnhardt, Waltrip, and Elliot Sadler up turn four. They come down. They will see the white flag when they cross the line this time Earnhardt Jr. sees the white flag heads back into turn number one Michael Waltrip is right behind him give a call to Elliot Sadler he's in this thing right down to the wire Bobby Labonte and Rusty Wallace they go to turn one for one final time Dale Earnhardt Jr. makes a courageous charge back into turn number two Bobby Labonte goes high in the banking from third Michael Waltrip still holding down second down low on the super stretch final time to the back straightaway Dale Earnhardt Jr. Michael Waltrip rolls reverse from the way they ran down the back straightaway on the final lap in February. They go nose to tail. Sadler and Labonte side by side for third. It's Earnhardt in a turn three. Earnhardt is your leader. Michael Waltrip is second in the battle is side by side for third. But here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll lead off turn four. What a headline this is going to make. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway leading the pack coming to the line. He will win the Pepsi 400. Michael Waltrip, his teammate, comes in second. Elliott Sadler with his career best other than his win at Bristol, finishes in third, Ward Burton fourth, and Bobby Labonte is fifth. Amazing, the finish here at Daytona in the Pepsi 400. Let's go to his pit. Oh, I'll tell you, you talk about emotion. 
Oh, there's a lot of it down here. As a matter of fact, it's hard to get into even Tony Urias, all these guys. You can hear them in the background. A lot of tears and a lot of shouting as they head to victory lane. And we will hear from the winner along with the other top finishers when we come back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Sponsored by Ford. The official truck of NASCAR is built Ford Tough. The race fans are jumping up and down, screaming. Oh, you talk about a sight. Dale Earnhardt Jr. spins down, cuts donuts on the infield grass, has now climbed up on top of the Budweiser Chevrolet as his teammate Michael Waltrip pulls up alongside to congratulate him. And now all the team members, practically everybody on pit road, running out to congratulate Dale Earnhardt Jr., who has won the Pepsi 400. Man, you can't have any better finish than we had here. Anyone, anything any more emotional than we have witnessed here tonight at Daytona. The crowd continues together around Michael Waltrip and Earnhardt Jr. down there as they congratulate each other. Again, the top five finishers, Earnhardt Jr. will win. Michael Waltrip will finish second. Elliot Sadler pulls out a great finish here to finish third. Ward Burton comes back up and finishes fourth. And Bobby Labonte, who, as Joe said, had been around the tail end of the field all night long, will finish fifth. I think uh, that uh, what NASCAR wanted to happen was for the winner to go to victory lane, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. decided he was going to do it his way. So he just did a donut here on the front straightaway and wow Wound up in the infield grass and now is being joined by dozens, maybe hundreds of uh, crew members and uh, other team members that are coming out to greet him. Winston Kelly, it is quite a scene down there in the infield grass. Yes, absolutely it is. Uh, just a horde of people. And to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Michael Waltrip, they're standing on top of Michael Waltrip's cars, embracing one another, thrusting their fist in the air. The entire teams of Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, plus Richard Childress Racing, have come out. Michael Waltrip's making his way. Michael gets a big hug and kiss from his wife, Buffy. Michael. Michael. What a finish. What a finish. Yeah, that's the way it was supposed to be done right there. Uh, Dale Earnhardt laid back there in third place and fought the battle of his life in the Daytona 500 so me and Dale Jr. could get home. And tonight I was... I was I was on the defensive end. I was having to fight my rear end off, but uh, the Napa Chevy pushed Dale Jr. home, and that's what we were hoping for tonight. I tell you what, when you came down pit road and had a little bit of problem there, your car must have been awful strong because you made it back up pretty quickly. I knew I was good, but you never know if you're going to get a hole. I mean, you could get blocked in, and you never know. I just hit the holes. I did my part, man, and uh, the team did theirs. Did you have anything for him, or did you need help? I didn't even think about it. I wasn't going to pass him for nothing. I just wanted to push him home. That's the story from Michael Waltrip. A great story it is. Man, this one's going to go down to the record books. Right now, let's check in and see if we can get a word with Elliot Sadler, who finished third. Handshakes and high fives for Elliot Sadler. Man, you came charging up through the pack those last three laps. I tell you what, that's the most exciting race I've ever been a part of in my life. Uh, to bring the motor car, uh, car home in third. To watch Dale Jr. go to victory lane, I can't see anything more deserved. He had the dominant call all night, and that's just the way uh, life is. I mean, that's a great job for his crew again, and we finished there. That's great. We come from a provisional, come up here. The guys worked hard at pits, had great pit stops, a little patient. Got us a third-place finish. Man, he, these guys deserve it. When you took the white flag and saw that Michael Waltrip was tail, uh, trailing Dale Earnhardt Jr., did you know then that your chance at the win probably wasn't going to happen? I'm going to worry about a win right that second. I was worried about getting in a no-bull five for Richmond. I've never done that before, and uh, to be able to get motocraft in a Noble 5 at Richmond, Virginia, my home racetrack, 
that's pretty special. And uh, just thank Ward Burton. He pushed me down the back straight away, drove me clean, and helped push me to third-place finish. So uh, thank everybody in Motocraft and everybody at Wood Brothers. They worked their butts off for me. It's, able to give, it's great to give them a good finish. Elliot Sadler comes across third tonight. Great run for Elliott Sadler. Again, he won a race at Bristol earlier this year. Kind of proved he could do it on the short track. There was some question, okay, can he do it on the big racetrack? And he showed that he could here tonight, finishing in the third spot. He talked about Ward Burton, who helped him out. Winston Kelly's with him. I tell you what, another guy who had a wonderful run. The car was loose early on, and they told us that it was driving you, but you sure drove the wheels off of it there at the end. Tell us about that run up to fourth. Well, wow, the Caterpillar uh, Dodge was awesome all night. We just uh, missed a handling package on it, and I just had to sit back there and ride and just take what it gave me. And uh, Tommy, the guys, kept working on it, kept made it a little bit better, and that enabled us to race pretty hard at the end. What kind of hole did you get, or did you have to make your own hole to get back to fourth? We had to make a few, few of them, but uh, we need uh, a little bit wider racetrack because I tell you what, uh, there were some holes being made that uh, was – Wonder we made it out of them, but uh, everybody drove a good, clean race, and uh, hats off to all the drivers out there. That's Ward Burton. After falling back early from starting second, he came on with a strong fourth. Yeah, he's always run good here, as we said when we first came on the air, and he comes up with a top-five finish, finished fourth. He got a few breaks to finally fall his way and comes up with a good finish. Let's go down to victory lane. Okay, well, let's talk to Dale Earnhardt, Jr., Dale, was you concerned when that last caution came out? Oh, of course I was. I was concerned any time we wasn't in the lead. We had a fast enough car to really stay out front, and uh, I know those guys would be making their cars as wide as they could. We just had a fast car. Great. Everybody drafted with me, especially at the end. Uh, Bobby Labonte hit me a couple times, and I know, what he, I know that he wanted to see me win, and I could tell it. And then the Michael coming there in the last two laps, and I knew that uh, – I didn't have a whole lot to worry about. And uh, it's just a great race, a great race all the way around. I want to thank Bud Weiser and Remington, all our sponsors, Snap-on Tools. Everybody's hung in there with us, and uh, this is what it's all about. You've been bragging about this car all week long. Did it change any at all during the race? It didn't change a lick. We tried to adjust some air pressure, and we just went back to where we started. It was great from the beginning. Uh, I hope them fans enjoyed it. I know I was out front an awful lot, but, dang, I didn't know what else to do with the car I had. What does this win mean to you? This win is probably, this win is definitely the biggest of my career. I love coming to Daytona. I always came here as a little kid and just walked into place with my jaw dragging the ground. And uh, to win here, uh, especially under the circumstances, it really means a lot. It's really almost overwhelming. I don't really know how I'm going to top it. Do you think this will give your team some momentum to move up in the points? Well, it definitely gave us some extra points that we needed. Um, shoot, I don't really care what happens after this. This is as good as it gets. All right. Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the Pepsi 400. I don't think we could have had a more popular win here tonight than, than Earnhardt Jr. to go to victory lane, but that was one whale of a finish. We haven't heard from Bobby Labonte. Let's see if we can catch up with him. Bobby, for most of the night, you hung in the back with your teammate Tony Stewart. Were you just playing possum with the field? I not really. I mean, we just, you know, we couldn't go. We couldn't get nowhere, so we just hung out at the back, and that was kind of our game plan from the beginning, and really only raced about seven laps tonight and finished fifth, so uh, I, I don't know what that tells you, but uh, all I know is that I just want to congratulate Dale Jr. That was an awesome run. Wish I could have finished second, but Michael had a different. And uh, he had an awesome car tonight, and uh, he finished second and uh, got by me off turn two. And uh, congratulations to DEI. I had a great uh, great night tonight. And uh, we finished fifth. So uh, our guys did a good job. Our game plan, I guess, might have worked tonight. That's Bobby Labonte tonight. He finishes fifth. 
Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. A very emotional win here this evening, and boy, the crowd was really enjoying it. As Dale Earnhardt Jr. said, he had the car to get the job done. He said, I hope the fans enjoyed it. Boy, I think they loved this one. Man, I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've been to a lot of Daytona 500s here and, and a lot of Pepsi 400s, but you just don't get a better finish than we saw here. And the way things played out those last 20 laps, totally unreal. We'll have some closing thoughts coming up in a moment from Daytona. Fireworks going off here at the World Center of Racing as in Victory Lane. They're celebrating a win by Dale Earnhardt Jr. In a moment, we'll look at the full field rundown from tonight's Pepsi 400. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. It's time for Barney and me to select the winner of the Ray Bestus Break of the Race Award. We'll award $500 to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries from Ray Bestus Breaks in the name of the driver who received the best break in tonight's race. Barney? Well, uh, there's a couple of names that certainly come to mind. Bobby Labonte and Tony Stewart both who were at the tail end of the field for the better part of the night. They made early pit stops when that last round of stops came up and went back out on the racetrack, had a caution come out, and they both got a break that they found themselves up toward the front of the field. But I like Bobby Labonte. Uh, he finished fifth. Why don't we go in that direction? He was a contender for the win right down to the finish of the race. Wound up again, as you said, in the fifth position, but he was a recipient of a lot of good luck. And uh, so we'll give him the best break award tonight. Ray Bestas breaks the official breaks of NASCAR awards $500 in the name of Bobby Labonte to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministry. Let's take a look at the rundown. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will win and a very popular one here at Daytona. Michael Waltrip finished second. Elliott Sadler ran third. Ward Burton came home fourth. It was Bobby Labonte fifth. Tony Stewart unofficially will finish sixth. Jerry Nadeau will finish seventh. Rusty Wallace eighth. Jeff Burton ninth. Tenth will go to Brett Bodine. Eleventh to Mike Wallace. Todd Bodine finishes twelfth. Thirteenth to Dale Jarrett. Fourteenth to Johnny Benson. Ricky Rudd finished fifteenth. Ken Schrader ran sixteenth. Matt Kenseth was seventeenth. Jeremy Mayfield eighteenth. Mark Martin was nineteenth. And Jimmy Spencer make up your top 20. 21st, Steve Park. 22nd was Dave Blaney. 23rd was John Andretti. 24th was Robert Presley. And Jason Leffler finished 25th. 26th tonight was Kevin Harvick. Joe Nemechek came in 27th with Casey Atwood, 28th. Kyle Petty was 29th. Kurt Busch was 30th. Kevin LePage came in 31st. Stacey Compton was 32nd. Ricky Craven, 33rd. Rick Mast was 34th. Bill Elliott, 35th. Dave Marcus was 36th. Jeff Gordon finished in 37th position. Bobby Hamilton was 38th. Sterling Marlin started on the bud pole and finished 39th. Terry Labonte was 40th, Mike Skinner, 41st, 42nd, Jeff Purvis, and 43rd was Andy Houston. The Gatorade frontrunner reward of $10,000 goes to Sterling Marlin. He was the eligible driver leading the most laps in tonight's race. Dale Hart Jr. took the lead on lap 156 for the last time, led a total of five laps this evening for the win. He led uh, for a total of 119 laps in the race. There were 14 lead changes among nine drivers, three caution flags for a total of 18 laps. And at the end of the race, 39 of the 43 starters were running with 26 on the lead lap. Margin of victory was one-tenth of a second. What can you say about uh, a win like this? Coming back to Daytona, so much was said, Barney, about coming back to the racetrack where we lost Dale Earnhardt in, uh, in February, and his son comes back and wins the Pepsi 400. Well, I think everybody's going to leave here with a good feeling tonight, Joe, uh, watching Dale Earnhardt Jr. win, and they saw a great race from start to finish. Had a little bit of everything in this one. And looking ahead to next week, kind of always look forward to going to a brand-new racetrack. The Chicagoland Speedway for the first time. 
Most of the teams have been out there to test, although not everybody has been out to test. A lot of information has been shared on what's going to take place. NASCAR is going to allow the teams to go in a day early to get some uh, practice in, kind of learn their way around the racetrack. And although it's a mile-and-a-half trioval, I talked to a couple of guys who tested there, and they said it's not like all the other yeah, mile-and-a-half trioval's. That's a little bit different. Everybody I talked to said about the same thing. But, we'll, but they said we'll all be on equal footing. Even the guys that tested there, they're not really sure what they need. So it's going to be interesting when we go up there. Our coverage starts next Friday afternoon with Bud Pole updates beginning at 3.50 Eastern time. We'll bring you the Hills Brothers Coffee 300 NASCAR Bush Series race a week from today at the Chicago Land Speedway. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the NASCAR Winston Cup Series of the Tropicana 400 next Sunday. That is July 15th at 2 Eastern time. Hope you can join us then. Don't forget the NASCAR Bush Series in action tomorrow at Watkins Glen International. Scott Pruitt is on the Bud Pole for that event. MRN Radio airtime is 12.30 Eastern. Check in the point standings after tonight's race. Jeff Gordon is still the point leader, now by 57 over Dale Jarrett. It's Ricky Rudd in third. Tony Stewart is fourth. And the fifth position belongs to Rusty Wallace. He moved up one position because of his finish here this evening. I want to thank the voices you heard on our broadcast here this evening. Of course, covering the action for us on pit road were Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Tony Rizzuti out on the corners covering the action for us there. And there was plenty of it. Kurt Becker, Dave Moody, and Kevin O'Neill. Cherie Spangler helped us on our scoring loop today. Our spotters were Rich Austin, Liz Reichert, and Ted Viano. And our production assistant was Jim Ivey. Be sure to tune in every weekday on most of these stations for NASCAR Today. We'll bring you daily information on what's going on in the world of NASCAR. NASCAR Live with Eli Gold on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And the world of racing daily with commentary from NASCAR drivers on the issues of the day. A very emotional weekend in Daytona Beach, Florida. A very emotional win and a very popular one as Dale Earnhardt Jr. takes the Pepsi 400. For Barney Hall, I'm Joe Moore. So long from the World Center of Racing. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Daytona International Speedway. Sponsored by Ford. The official truck of NASCAR is built for tough by Husqvarna. Tough name, tough equipment. For the dealer nearest you, call 1-800-HUSKY-62. By Craftsman, the official tools of NASCAR, CART, and the NHRA. By 76 Gasoline, makers of the official fuel of NASCAR. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher. It's in NASCAR. Is it in you? Two-way communication by Racing Radios. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of Racing Radios. By NBNA, the issuer of the official NASCAR credit card. By Wix Filters, the number one filter in NASCAR. By the Home Depot, the official home improvement warehouse of NASCAR. By Remington's 597, the ultra-reliable 22 caliber rifle. And by Bryant. Call 1-888-999-BRYANT for the dealer nearest you. Bryant, whatever it takes. The executive producer of MRN Radio is David Hyatt. National sales manager, Steve Harrison. Affiliate relations, Cheryl Marzello and Sandra Good. Director of production, Fred Armstrong. Director of operations, T.G. Aylstock. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Broadcast engineer, Joe Cooley. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of the Motor Racing Network.
This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.